worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnicks. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Blitz. I'm Joe Reinagle. Jason Minnicks has the day off. So we'll get through this thing together. we got a lot to talk about on this Monday afternoon. It's good to have you riding along with us. Thank you for joining us, however you're choosing to do that. If you're driving around this great city of San Antonio and South Texas, Central Texas, wherever you're at, if you're listening on YouTube, we appreciate that. You can comment there. You can also comment on Twitter. Follow me at Joe Reinigle 210 And if you so choose, you can be a part of the program on the phone lines. Yeah, we still have phone lines. 210-656-3776, 656-ESPN. However you want to communicate and be a part of the show, you are more than welcome to do that. What a weekend, man. I hope you guys had a great weekend uh, as well. It was uh, it was fast, it was furious, and it went by really, really fast. Had an opportunity to go to the rodeo again uh, on Friday night. Left here after the show was over, drove down there, uh, had some dinner with friends, and then we uh, we took in the rodeo. Uh, it was fun because it was the semifinals of the rodeo, right? So you got all these guys and gals uh, participating for big-time money, um, and I think the finals then were on Saturday night. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to see that. I've really got an appreciation for what those folks can do. I mean, they, they, they're pretty incredible. I mean, and extremely talented. It's, it's, it's unreal. So it was a lot of fun to watch. And, of course, we're down there with some friends, and, and they were kind enough to uh, provide us. A, the friend of mine's company had some tickets, really good tickets, too. They were down like three rows off the dirt. In fact, when the bulls were going by and the, and the bucking Broncos, you could feel the dirt just kind of, you know, getting up in your grill there. You had to cover your beer up so it wouldn't get into that. But, um it was fun, and then, of course, you know, you're right there. The one good thing about the Frostbank Center, a lot of good things about the Frostbank Center, but the one good thing about it is there's, there's, there's plenty of bars. They're all over the place, and plenty of, uh, you know, little restaurants where to get, get places to eat and all that kind of stuff. So uh, th- that's a good thing. But i got to tell you this story because, I don't know, it's about halfway through the rodeo before the concert started. It was big and rich, by the way, and I'll talk about that in a minute with Gretchen Wilson. So I'm going up to the bar, and folks are really nice. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Yeah, I get a couple of Bill Taylors here and there, and uh, but it's okay. Talking to folks, and it, it was good. Go up to the bar with, with my friend. We're going to get a beer. And uh, this dude comes up to me, and he was, uh, he was feeling no pain, this guy. I mean, he, was, uh, he, was, he had had a few. No question about it. 
So he comes up and he looks at me and I'm just thinking he's going to say hello and, you know, be nice and all that stuff. And he goes, hey, how are you? You're a handsome guy. And I'm like, well, okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Yeah, I said, my dad always told me if I see a handsome guy, don't be afraid to tell him. Well, you're a handsome guy. And I said, dude, that's that's great. You know, you make my night and all. And then shaking his hand, he won't let go of the hand. And I'm like, uh, and and I don't think it was anything like that. I, I, mean, I think it was just he was being a nice guy because, after all, his dad had told him to be a nice guy. If you Not see. that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong. We see a handsome guy. You go tell him they're a handsome guy, I guess. And um, so <laughs> that was that was interesting. And I really didn't know how to handle it. The, the guy was nice, but he was um, he was feeling no pain. This guy. So it was. Uh, you know, he may have had the beer goggles on, looking at me and and saying, "You're a handsome dude." And you know how beer goggles are; they kind of make everything a lot better. But I just love the way. I mean, he was he was really <laughs> all goofy like that. But but How'd it was that go again. <laughs> You're a handsome guy. <laughs> Everybody down at the rodeo is really nice. Uh, and, and all the folks there, it's good to see all the ushers and, and people that I used to see when I'd go down to the Spurs game all the time. And uh, it was just a lot of fun to be back in the Frost Bank Center. Twice I went. I haven't been to the rodeo in years. And then went twice in one week. Saw Sticks on Tuesday night of last week. And then saw Big and Rich on Friday night with Gretchen Wilson. And if you were at the Big and Rich concert, I, I'd be curious to see how you... Uh, how you took it. Now, Big and Rich, I don't know a lot of songs that they sing. I, I guess there was two that I recognized. But they come out, and, and first of all, John Rich goes on this, this and, and nothing's wrong with him, I'm saying, but this this patriotic tantrum, or tantrum, you know what I'm talking about. He's talking about uh, patriotic this and patriotic, and I'm, I'm glad he's standing there, and it's good, but it just seemed to go on and on and on and on. Uh, and then they finally started singing, and I'm going to tell you what, it was more of a rock concert than the Sticks concert that I went to Tuesday night. I was singing a little country music, be good, but these guys were, I mean, jamming. And then Gretchen Wilson, if you um, if you know who she is, she's like, uh, what's that song she sings? It's uh, uh, Redneck. Redneck Woman. Redneck Woman, yeah. I ain't no high-class broad. <laughs> Anyways, she was good. She was good, uh, but she only sang like two songs, and then it was Big and Rich in their in their concert, uh, their rock concert. I mean, it was a rock. It was like the whole thing, and not that there was anything wrong with it. It was good. I mean, the music was good, but it it's not what I was expecting. So I wasn't real sure how to take all of that. Um, I don't know. It, it was a fun experience to be down there, and I'm glad that I did. And of course, got the great compliment. <laughs> You're a handsome guy. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a drunk dude tell me that before. It's a, ah, ah, you're a handsome guy. <laughs> oh, so I felt pretty good about that. You know, I was a, I, I took it really easy Friday night. So I, you know, it's hard sometimes to be around drunk people when you're not drunk or tipsy. Uh-huh. It's not hard to be around them, but it's different, right? Because you, you kind of. Uh, you say, man, I, I bet I act like that at times. You're on different wavelengths. I, exactly right. Exactly right. But he was a nice guy, and I appreciated the compliment. Well, last night, and and I knew 
yesterday afternoon that I was going to do the morning show. And but I had gone to Fredericksburg, so I didn't know until late yesterday afternoon. Maggie and I went to to Fredericksburg with some friends, and we were hanging out there. So I didn't get back till late. But as we're coming uh, coming back home, we get a Whataburger, or we go to Whataburger, and I'm getting it. And I was like the number four, right? The cheese with the jalapenos on it, uh, and and the meal, all of that good kind of stuff. So I, I, we do that, and I I don't check the bag. Do you ever check the bag? To make sure your order's right. I never do that. And I always get so irritated with the people that do because they hold up the line. Yeah, you get they get a big bag of stuff and you can see them in there looking around and, and moving stuff and, and, and getting it out of the way and just making sure that they've got the right stuff. Well, I'm going to have to be that guy from now on. Get home, no french fries with my meal. No french fries. I mean, that's a bummer. That's happened to me like the last two times I've been to Whataburger. Dude, it sucks. It's it, the only reason I go to Whataburger. Right. It, well, it sucks. It really does. And I've been a big Whataburger defender, you know, because everybody will come at me with this uh, in and out stuff, and, and it's ridiculous because Whataburger is much better. So Maggie, my wife, had ordered a, a kid's meal. She likes the kid's meal, chicken fingers with, uh, with, with fries and the cookie and all of that stuff. No French fries in her thing either. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I, so I'm, I'm a little bit bitter about all of this. So if you look on your receipt for Whataburger, they have that little QR code thing going on there. So I said, you know what? I've never done this. And the only reason I did it, because this is like the second or third time something like this has happened. A couple of weeks ago, I went to get breakfast at Whataburger, wanted a sausage and egg biscuit. Well, they left off the sausage. So it's just an egg biscuit. And w- what are you going to do with an egg biscuit? I mean, does anybody just order an egg biscuit with no meat on it at all? I certainly don't and wanted the sausage. So anyway, so I'm a little bit bitter about it. And I hit that QR code and and I told him, I said, look, this had the second time this has happened and yada, yada, yada. And I, I still haven't heard back from him. And I don't know about y'all, but if I take the time to do that, and I, I was polite, I wasn't too rude, but I, you know, I was polite. I kind of expect some free fries or a, uh, you know, a, a Whataburger meal, something. Not that I'm looking for free stuff. That's not the point. But I figure I need something because of my inconvenience. Because who eats a hamburger without French fries? I mean, it's kind of like they go together. You can't do one without the other. And it's very difficult to do that. And especially... When you're ready to go. They even asked me if I wanted ketchup. <laughs> yes, of course. Man, I know some sometimes people have bad days. I get all of that. And I understand. But still, no French fries. That's like a that's like a bad thing. So I don't know if you guys have had an experience. It doesn't have to be. I'm not picking on Whataburger. It just happened to be the, the place that I went. But anybody else have stuff like that happen to them? And if so, am I now going to have to turn into the guy that sits there and checks the bag before I drive off? Because if, if had I done that last night, guess what? I'd have had French fries. I'd have looked and had French fries. And I almost left my credit card there. But I remembered that because I saw the dude set it down on the counter right there at the window. And I said, can I have my card back? And he goes, oh, oh, oh. And he's like all flustered. That reminds me, you don't eat in your car, do you? No. 
See, that's how I know my fries are always there or not, is is the first thing I do when I get my bag is reach in and grab a handful of fries. Well, you know, <laughs> there's a story behind that pledge. <laughs> because back in the day when my kids were young, they would go through all the fries and typically it'd be mine. Well, yeah. By the time we got home. And so I, I said, no, nobody eats fries. You can have one. But so last night, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think of Maggie and I were talking, doing something. I don't know. We were on the phone. I don't know what it was. But we didn't look in the bag. Had I looked in the bag, I would have had my fries. Didn't have fries. So I'm, I'm upset about it. Let Waterburger know. We'll see what happens. I'll let you know what they do, if anything. Um, so it was an interesting weekend. Anybody else have an interesting weekend that you want to tell us about? Certainly can do that at any time here. I invite you to be a part of the program. And look, if you go to our YouTube page and want to uh, want to watch there and, and comment, you can do that. But hit that subscribe button, if you would, please, plus the thumbs up button as well. Um, the bosses and everybody likes it when y'all do that. So we, we appreciate it. And if y'all could do that for me, that would be fantastic. Twitter at Joe Reinagle 210. Uh, the phone lines are open 210-656-3776. Um, however you want to reach out. What about this weekend? What about the Spurs? How about them? Did Greg Popovich finally, finally send one of his young stars a message? We're going to talk about that uh, and what Wimby thinks is wrong with this ball club. We'll do all of that as the Blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, we're about a month out. In fact, a little less than a month out from our San Antonio Sports Star Spring Golf Classic at the Golf Club of Texas is the San Antonio Sports Star Spring 2024 Golf Classic. It's happening on Monday, March the 25th at the Golf Club of Texas, presented by Flight by Yingling. 144 players are last check. Um, we are more than halfway sold out to this thing. 120 bucks for one player to join. A group of four can sign up uh, for $400. It is the San Antonio Sports Star Spring Golf Classic at the Golf Club of Texas, presented by Flight by Yingling. Again, March 25th. Register now. And if you're watching on YouTube, make it real easy. Have one of those nice uh, QR code things there. If not, go to our uh, website, sanantoniosportstar.com. You can register there. But get in. You know it's going to sell out. And you know you're going to miss out if you don't get in. So get in and let's uh, have some fun on the 25th playing a little golf out at the beautiful Golf Club of Texas. Uh, welcome back into the Blitz. I'm Joe Reinagle. Jason Minix has the day off, so we're going to get you through this thing. And uh, anytime you want to participate, please feel free to do so. Spurs have one more game left on their rodeo road trip. Thank goodness. They've won one of those rodeo road trip games. Tomorrow night they'll play in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Last time they faced the Timberwolves, if you'll recall, they beat them right here in San Antonio. It was a nail-biter, a one-point win for the Spurs, a thrilling win. One of those wins that we all thought after that happened, well, hey, maybe this thing's coming together. And then we all got our hearts crushed, just like that. Well, last night... The Spurs lose to the Jazz in Utah. Um, and really, it came as kind of a disappointment to me. Because I'm watching this game. I listen to some of it on the radio. But I was so happy with the way the Spurs had played against Sacramento and then against the Lakers, thinking, okay, well, Utah, 
They're pretty good at home, but they're not the best of teams. So maybe, just maybe, uh, the Spurs will have a chance in this thing. Spurs came out in the uh, first quarter and looked like they would have rather been anywhere else but Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, I don't blame them for that necessarily, but they do have a job, and it was to play the Jazz last night, and and they just didn't do well at all. Uh, in fact, there were uh, a lot of um, just lazy mistakes, and I think you would you would agree with me on that. Lazy mistakes. In fact, one of the stars, Keldon Johnson, only played four minutes in that ball game, and he was benched. Now, Greg Popovich wasn't feeling well after the game, reportedly, so his assistant, Mitch Johnson, explained why Johnson only played four minutes. Just repetitive mistakes. Sometimes you need to change up the messaging or change up the accountability or how you do things, and Pop's the best at it. So, You know, I'm all for that. Holding guys accountable. If you mess up, how long have we talked about this? How long have we mentioned the line change that Pop used to do after two minutes of the opening tip where the starters would sit down and the reserves would go in right away because they weren't playing well? Something Pop has not done this year until last night. Keldon Johnson begs the question, Pledge, yes, why now? What is it about right now? With about 23 games left to go in the season, now you're going to start holding guys accountable? Or was there another message there? Was there another message to Keldon Johnson saying, you know, big fella, you're a nice guy, but you might not be here next year. And if you don't start playing better, you could probably guarantee that. I look at this ball club and I think, I think it's going to look a hell of a lot different come next year. A hell of a lot different next year. I think anybody not named Victor Wimbanyama, and at this point in time, I'm kind of leaning toward Devin Vassell, you could be playing somewhere else. There could be deals made. Spurs have a ton of money, and they've got a closet full of draft picks. They're going to have another high draft pick this offseason. They've only won 11 games. They're going to be in the lottery. So they could very well get the number one pick again. Who knows? It's possible. But what do you do with it? And how do you put guys around Victor Wimbanyama and make this team competitive? Nobody's expecting a championship next year. But maybe 30 wins, 35 wins? That'd be kind of nice. Competitive in most games? That'd be kind of nice. Pop mentioned last week that this team needs shooters, that they're lacking shooters. So kind of gives you an idea that Pop wants to go out. He wants to find some shooters. Wimby, after the game last night, says it's pretty simple. This team lacks consistency. The cons- consistency is always. I think we were a little bit slow, sloppy today, you know, maybe tired. So we have to make uh, extra efforts and be play smarter than usual, which we didn't do. No, you didn't. You didn't do that at all. Uh, Wimby has been fantastic, and this guy is learning the game. You can see the improvement, and we, we all look for that improvement, right? We, we want to see it. Victor Wimbanyama has, is improving. He's getting to know the NBA game. I don't think there's any question about that. My concern, though, is, is guys like Keldon Johnson. I mean, this is not his first rodeo. What is this, his third year, fourth year? I mean, he's been in the NBA a long time. 
And it begs the question, has Keldon Johnson reached his ceiling? Can this guy get any better? I'm not sure that he can. I'm not sure that there's anywhere else for him to go. At times, this guy can be one hell of a basketball player. And he can he can play with the best of them. But last night was not one of those nights. And it's just not consistent when it comes to Keldon Johnson. And, and look, you guys know, you girls know, Wimby is the star of the show. Wimby is the guy they've got to build around. So what would you do if you're Greg Popovich? How would you rebuild this thing? If it was me, well, I'm going out and getting some veteran players. This, obviously, this little experiment didn't work. This team was better, seemingly better, last year when they were trying to lose than they are this year when they've got a generational talent who continues to get better and better and better. He plays well. Devin Vassell played well last night. The Spurs still get blown out of the building. I mean, it takes five. I don't care how good Wimby is. You need a team around you. And I believe that this guy would benefit from a couple of veteran players. What, look, whether that's a Trey Young or a couple of guys that aren't as high profile as a Trey Young, but guys that can teach Victor on the fly, in the heat of the battle, what to do. Instead of going there, this guy wants you to go there. Here's how to counter that. Do this. I, I just think it would be invaluable for Wimby. Not only that, just to watch veteran guys and how they operate. They don't panic. They've been in the league. They know what they're doing. They know how to do it. I just think he would benefit greatly from that. So, look, as we go, and uh, Eric Jacob on YouTube says we're 58 games in, which uh, leads me to believe quick math would be what? 27 games left? Would that be accurate? There's an 82-game season, okay? Not quite. Yeah, yeah. So not many games left. Rodeo Road Trip concludes tomorrow night. Spurs will be able to come and play some home games. Although it's weird because they come home and play one game and then they go right to Houston. So it's kind of a weird schedule. And I don't know how they put together schedules, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, this team needs some help. And it's hard to get invested in this team with a short number of games left. I mean, what are you watching? What do you want to watch? Um, obviously, we all want to watch Wimby. But what else do you want to see? Is there anybody out there that truly believes that we're still building for the future with this cast of characters now assembled in San Antonio Spurs uniforms? Maybe a few of them will still be here, but I have to believe this team is going to look different, and I hope this team looks different. I truly do. Everybody points to Oklahoma City, and, and I think rightly so, because, look, Oklahoma City built through the draft. That's what they did. They drafted well, though. You can have all the draft picks in the world. But if you don't draft well, then obviously you miss, right? And it doesn't work that way. I just think they, the Spurs can go out and get some veteran guys. They need a good mix of youth, veterans, and uh, that's what I'm going to be watching this offseason. As far as the season begins or, or continues and concludes, I don't really know what I'm looking for other than Wimby. And is that worth it? Are you going to continue to watch? I, of course I am. It's, it's my job in, in a lot of respects, and I enjoy it. I get a little frustrated with them. But 
It's my job. So I'm going to watch. I want to see what Wimby does. I want to see him continue to improve. I want to see him get the five and fives that he's been getting. Uh, the 10 blocks. Uh, the steals. I want him to work on his three-point shot. I, I'm, I'm hoping that'll come. That's been kind of cold as of late. But we got to pick on the guy, Pledge. Come on. He can't be perfect, can he? There's always got to be something wrong. There's an amazing stat line for Victor Wimbanyama that I saw, and I just think it's fantastic. We're going to talk about that when we come back. And Greg Popovich actually sat down for an interview, and he tells us some, uh, for me at least, some surprising things about his number one draft pick. We'll hear from Coach Pop coming up here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Pledges just told me that we've got tickets to see Hozier in the Frost Bank Center, September the 24th. It's the Unreal Unearth Tour with special guest Allison Russell. I'm going to be giving those away probably in the 5 o'clock hour, Pledge. So let's do that. You know sure. what's, what's cool is uh, I can decide that. I, I feel like I have the power. I'd give them away right now. Or I could give them away in the 3 o'clock hour. Could even do it in the 4 o'clock hour. But you know what I'm feeling the 5 o'clock hour, Pledge? I mean, 5 is my lucky number. I'm feeling it. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll give those tickets away to Hozier coming up uh, in September. September 24th out at the Frost Bank Center. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the increased or continued improvement of one Victor Wimbanyama. I've got a something here that blew my mind. Victor Wimbanyama has 38 blocks on the season this year. 38. That's pretty good, you would say. On the season? Uh-huh. 38 blocks? Yeah. Am I accurate there? Let's check my math. Did you think it was more? This month. This month. He has 38 block shots in the month of February. That's incredible. That's even better than for the season, isn't it? It's a lot better than uh-huh, the season. I'm just saying. Okay, so 38 blocks <laughs> for the month of February. Here's where it gets impressive. That's more than the Detroit Pistons the Los Angeles Clippers, the Chicago Bulls, the Sacramento Kings, the New York Knicks, and the Portland Trailblazers. Detroit has 37, Clips and Bulls 36, Kings and Knicks 35. I mean, how impressive is that? Victor Wembanyama has more block shots this month than six NBA teams. That is correct, which is incredible. The entire team. More than 10 now in a couple of cases. Yes. Now, keep in mind, the dude's seven foot, whatever he is. I, you know, some days it's three, some days it's five, some days it's four. Doesn't matter. He's got a wingspan that's, that's as tall as he is, uh, and he should be doing that. Let's face it, right? I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. I think it's an incredible stat. But if you're that tall, that's what you should be doing. And what's going to be interesting to see and, and watch 
is the fact that um, um, he's only going to get better. I love to watch this guy play. He's just incredible to watch play. <laughs> yes. Um, I love you guys on YouTube, man. You make me laugh sometimes, and I just giggle, and it's like, wow. Greg Popovich does not do many interviews. And uh, he actually sat down for an interview. And, and when I tell you who it was with, you'll understand. Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, legendary head coach at Duke. And uh, so Pop sat down with, uh, with Coach K on his podcast, and they, they really got in-depth. And, and a lot of this stuff is, is pretty eye-opening. In fact, um, Greg Popovich did not know that the Spurs had won the lottery last year. You know, I didn't watch it much ahead of time because I didn't expect that we would get the first pick. So I was actually on an airplane with my family going overseas on vacation when the lottery happened and somebody woke me up my son-in-law on the plane and said hey you won the lottery that's when i started paying attention so when i got <laughs> on vacation uh, i started watching the film you know i have to believe pop watched film of Wemby before but because everybody was drooling over this guy but i get it right i mean how often do you think you're going to get lucky and win the lottery so Pop was taking a nap on a plane and, and uh, was woken to the good news that they had won the lottery. So he starts watching film. And then he started to decide, he says, how they were going to use him. But first, it was incredible for Greg Popovich the first time that Wimby walked into the gym. When he walked into the gym, I looked at his feet and I looked at his hands and I saw him handling the ball like a guard. I thought, what do we have here? What are we going to do with this guy? How are we going to not screw him up? How are we going to not skip steps? You know, what, what's the order? What's the process here going to be? And you know, I find that interesting because even a guy like Greg Popovich, who has coached players of all abilities, obviously, and some great players, when you're talking about David Robinson and certainly Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Monte Ginobili, the list goes on and on and on. He's coached them um, all. And, and when you're talking about Monte Ginobili, I mean, let's face it, he's not seven foot four, but Monte Ginobili was a pretty unique guy. Pretty unique guy uh, when it comes to playing basketball. So he's seen some of the best. And for him to say, wow, what do we have here is incredible. So that's when Pop says he decided how they were going to undertake the process with Wimby. We came to the conclusion that the process in the beginning would be no process, that we just watch him play and try to figure out what's his abilities and what's his natural positions on the floor where he feels most comfortable and, you know, where does he need improvement? And, you know, that, that answer right there is, and, and, and Poppy said that before, and we've heard it before, but the best process is no process. Maybe that explains, or at least it does a little bit to me, why the Spurs decided just to run it back with the guys that they have. They didn't bring in any um, bigger stars or veterans uh, because they wanted Wimby to just go at it and see. Now, look, I wish they would have, but when he puts it that way, it kind of makes sense. It does to me. It makes sense. That's why they're doing what they're doing, and I'm not sure anybody saw it. Well, I know Greg Popovich didn't because he told us at the beginning of the year this year was about wins. Nobody expected the Spurs to to be at 11 wins at this point in time in the season. But they are, and that's that's where we stand. So, 
Having said all of that, Pop tells Coach K that the best way to handle Wimby is just simply patience. Number four. You know, we found like, well, playing in a crowd, like most young guys, don't play in a crowd because you're trying to do too much. So little things like that would start to pop up where we knew we could help here and there to complete his game, so to speak. But in the beginning, it was all, you know, patience and watching. And that's what they've done. And when you look at Victor's improvement, you got to say, well, okay, um, he is improving. The rest of the team, not so much, other than Devin Vassell. Who, look, I'm impressed, and I've got to give Devin Vassell his props because he's the one guy that came out of the All-Star break and, and kind of got the message. He got the message that, hey, Wimby's the guy. We'll get the ball to him. And you know what? If I'm doing that, I'm going to get to eat too. And Devin Vassell has been doing both of those things. He's been able to eat as well. And uh, and we're seeing that. And I think he's he's having more fun. He's uh, he's playing better basketball. And so is Victor Wimbanyama. In fact, Wimby was asked about uh, what he thinks he's improved on as we go through the season and, and as we stand right now. And the first thing that he said that had to make Greg Popovich extremely happy was defense. I think I've learned a little bit more how to play on defense and on offense with my with my teammates. You know how to fit more in the in the in the team uh, in the team. <laughs> he needs to get those interview skills going though, but that's all right. He's good. Uh, I can't criticize right because I can't do math. It's okay. Not only is Wimby better at playing defense, he says he's better at playing defense without fouling. It's a lot of instincts. And uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of trusting my instincts. So this is an area where I, I would always trust my, you know, my my talent. Well, he and he should look. When you watch Victor Wimbanyama, what do you see? Because I try to, I, I try to watch him. And I was thinking about this last night when I'm watching the game, and and I see what he does, and as smooth as he is, and some of the skills that he has, and and you wonder. How do you describe this guy? What is the best way to describe Victor Wimbanyama? He's smooth. He's talented. He's very tall. He's got a reach like nobody else that I've ever seen. But I don't really know that one word, if there is one, to describe the way that this guy plays basketball. I think we're taking... I mean, taking for granted is not the right word, but when you watch him and hopefully we see what he becomes and the big star that hopefully he will become wearing a San Antonio Spurs uniform, it's got to come to you, right? And and not that I have a need to label this guy, but there's got to be that one word that kind of wraps everything up when it comes to Victor. And I don't know if it's just smooth, if it's... I, I don't know, but I'm going to think on it. If you have any ideas, let me know. If you're watching on YouTube, you can comment there, at Joe Reinigle 210 on Twitter, and you can call us at 210-656-3776. Do that. Of all the places that Victor says he's improved, though, with the defense, no fouling, he says his shot selection has gotten better. Shot selection and uh, like getting rid of, the, of more bad shots and shots where I settle for... Uh like floaters or I mean, mid-range shots. You know, I wonder about that, and, and I criticized him um, before on his three points, his three-point attempts. 
His three-point percentage is just at 33%, so it's not very good. Um, I'd like for him to get better, and I think he will. The guy's got a smooth shot. He's got a really smooth shot. So I think that that will come around, and sometimes shots can go in, but it, it has there been a game that you've noticed that Victor has made a lot of three-point buckets? I don't recall it, but I'm hoping they'll come. I mean, they're going to leave the guy open, and if he drags another big outside, that's going to help everybody else. So Victor says he's improved. Pop didn't know what to do with him. Patience is the process. All of those things kind of explain to me. And what I wish the Spurs would do, and what I wish Greg Popovich would do, are more interviews like that. Look, I'm of the um, opinion that this, the, the team should open up a little bit. You don't have to give us fans your secrets. You don't have to tell us exactly what you're going to do. But, man, what he said to Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski on his podcast, I mean, those things, to me, at least help explain the process and at least help to explain where the Spurs are going and what they're thinking and and how we want to approach that. I mean, doesn't it make you feel better when you kind of know the direction of what they're going to do? Me, it does. I just, I just a, a little trinket here and there, a little crumb over here about what's going on. And it takes a guy like Coach K to pull this stuff out of Greg Popovich. And I'm, I wonder sometimes why we don't get a little bit more of that. And I think Pop, Spurs, doing the fans a little bit of a disservice. Because I think if you explain the process, explain how we're going, fans are going to be more patient and say, okay, I get it now. I understand what you're trying to do here. Because, look, fans are, are, are pretty patient, especially San Antonio Spurs fans. We are spoiled. There's no question about that. But just a little explanation. Like not knowing what he had there. And the best thing is to be patient and see how he, how he would move and do in the NBA and how he would grow. I mean, to me, that just explains a ton on, on what the Spurs thinking is. Again, I don't need to know all the details. I don't need to go in the back and see the, the scouting reports and the, the plays drawn up. But, I mean, just something like that is, is awesome. And I'm happy that Pop went on Coach K's podcast to give us a little bit of a, a, little bit of a look behind the curtain because that is what we all need. Um, the, the, you know, Pop and the local media have always been at odds with each other to, to some extent. Now, there, there are times where he'll open up. There are times when he'll explain things. At training camp, I mean, the explanation, hey, last year wasn't about winning. This year is. Didn't work out that way. But at least he opened up. And I don't know if Pop has been burned so many times by the, by the media, national, local, whatever, that he is just that guarded, or that's just how he is. I mean, look, Pop is of the same ilk as a, as a Bill Belichick, for example. Um, and I think that's just kind of the personality there, you know, on our YouTube, um, uh, pledge by the way, and I, I'm, I'm chasing a rabbit here. RJ Ochoa, who I had the pleasure of doing the show with this morning, said they've named their YouTube chat line. 
It's the uh, something brigade. I can't remember exactly brigade what he bar. said. What is it? The brigade bar. The brigade bar. We don't have a name. We got to come up with a name for our YouTube thing. We should just name it before Minix gets back, and he'll just have to live with it. <laughs> so think of that. If you guys have a name for yourself on the uh, Blitz YouTube chat line, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll rename that. As I look at it, though, M E Z B X. Is that how you say that? says the local media is soft on pop. To some extent, I can't disagree with you. And I'm throwing myself in there. This is not a criticism of anybody that's in media now. Uh, I, but I think in a lot of respects we were. But keep in mind, just to come to the defense of the local media, the Spurs were a dynasty for 20 years. They made the playoff for 20 years, and in that 20-year period, they won five championships. So it's difficult to criticize and be hard on a franchise in a 20-year period that's not doing much wrong. And so I think the media is softer because, well, look, we're fans too. We're fans too. But in respect to you and your comment, it's true. If Greg Popovich was in New York City or Chicago – or some other big city, he'd be getting hammered. And I don't know if that does any good. Maybe you get a little extra out of him. Maybe you don't. Maybe he's a little more hardcore after that. Maybe he isn't. But I think the way the media handled it, especially, and again, I'm putting myself with everybody else. I'm no better than the rest of the media because I was soft on him. But we didn't have a reason to be hard on him in, the, in those days. We just didn't. And now, maybe, maybe you're a little harder on them, or could be. But there was just no reason to be back then. And that's the reason that we weren't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is when it comes to that and how to get stuff, but I'm just happy that it took somebody like Coach K to get Greg Popovich to sit down and open the curtain, pull us back, let us see, and and just kind of explain what's, what's happening. Quite frankly, I don't think that's too much to ask. It doesn't have to be every day. But at some point, it helps. And I feel a little bit better. I'm still waiting for the offseason because, quite frankly, it's going to be very difficult to watch the remaining games this year and really know know what you're watching other than Victor Wimbanyama. Because, quite frankly, besides Wimby and Vassell, I'm not sure who's going to be on this team at the start of the season next year. So it's hard to get invested in those guys. So I guess we just continue to watch Wimby, his greatness, hope that he gets better, improves. And, man, can you imagine what could be going into the offseason, into training camp, and another, the second year of Victor Wimbanyama in the NBA? The sky is certainly the limit, and it's going to be a lot of fun. My goodness. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, though, in the headline blitz, uh, HEB is being sued because of a LeBron James serial. (laughs) That's right. It's a crazy story. We'll talk about that. We get a little NFL talk as well because the uh, NFL Combine is underway in Indianapolis. That's what we'll do when the blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnix. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, 
Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Happy Monday, everybody. It is a great Monday. It's a hot Monday outside. I'm looking at stuff on the computer, and apparently Dallas-Fort Worth has set a record for heat today. Like uh, 90-something. I don't think we're supposed to get that hot, but it's going to be in the upper 80s. So I hope you're enjoying a February summer, (laughs) if you will. Hi, everybody. I'm Joe Reinagle. Jason Minnix has the day off. This is The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. So happy you guys have chosen to hang out with us on this Monday afternoon. A lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, the Spurs and Dak Prescott. I just read the story just a few minutes ago in, in SportsCenter, but apparently no substantial talks on a contract extension for one Dak Prescott. Uh, we did the show this morning with R.J. Ochoa, and we talked a little bit about it. And uh, Dak's got the Cowboys over such a barrel. It's it's really unbelievable, and I'm not sure exactly how they're going to handle it other than just paying the man. I mean, honestly, they're going to have to pay him. They're going to have to bite the bullet, and, and that's pretty much the way it's going to be. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about Trey Lance. Is he the answer? And will he get his opportunity to at least try and prove to the Cowboys that he can get it done? Um, it's interesting. And, and I want to go back, and I really would like for uh, you guys to chime in however you want to chime in. If that's on YouTube, the phone line's uh, 210-656-3776. Get me on Twitter, at Joe Reinigle 210 What is the consensus out there among Spurs fans? Is the media too soft on the Spurs. I'm really curious to hear what you guys think and what your perception is, and I'd love to have that discussion, and I think it'd be interesting. So you want to chime in, do that. If you think the media is too soft, I want to know about it. I want to know why you think that. Uh, And and I'll explain a little bit about why maybe um, we are the way that, that we are. But yeah, chime in, give me your thoughts on that, and and I would appreciate it. We'll get back to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we got to do a little thing called the Headline Blitz. This is Jason and Joe's Headline Blitz. Two guys, two opinions, never enough time. This is the Headline Blitz, and a crazy story happening right here in San Antonio. An ex-NFL player. Does everybody remember Ramon Richards? Ramon Richards uh, signed with the Los Angeles uh, Rams back in 2018. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Richards went to Brackenridge High School. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's where he went. Uh, Good football player in high school, obviously good enough to get to the NFL, signing a contract with the Rams in 2018. Well, come to find out, he is suing General Mills and HEB. Now, according to Ramon Richards and MySA.com, apparently Ramon Richards bought a box of tricks cereal, went home, poured said cereal in a bowl, and started to eat it, and he bit down on a screw. Now, that's what he says. That's what the story says. Uh, in fact, the lawsuit documents claim that Richards is seeking $250,000 for medical expenses and physical pain that he allegedly received when he bit into the metal screw. Um, I mean, it goes on to say, and I don't know that we have to explain this, but 
Cereal's ready to eat. That's what he says. Follow the directions on the bag. How many times have you followed directions on a cereal box? But I guess you have to do that. Probably lawyer speak, I would assume. So you have to do that. Followed all the directions, ate the cereal, then bit into a hard object. Said he felt the pain in his jaw and teeth and heard a cracking sound in his mouth. Now, that hurts. That hurts. But he's suing General Mills and HEB for $250,000. Uh, we'll continue to follow that. That was a story I saw in, on my essay today. Um, a, a box of tricks. Our tricks are for kids, aren't they? Are you supposed to be eating tricks as an adult? That's what I've been told, but <laughs> I enjoy the occasional bowl of tricks. I'm a Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries guy myself. Oh, yeah. I prefer that. That's when Schwampy's not sticking his hands down the box. He didn't do that this time at the <laughs> Super Bowl. I appreciate that. That was good. Now, I'm intrigued by the directions on the cereal. Do, does that specify milk first or cereal first? I didn't know there were directions on a box of cereal. I've never noticed directions on a box of cereal. Are you a cereal first or a milk first guy? Well, cereal first. Cereal first. It's always cereal first. Who puts milk in first? I, I'm not 100% on this, but R.J. Ochoa strikes me as someone who Okay, would... well, that explains everything. Right? I mean, R.J. Ochoa. <laughs> that guy does everything a little bit different. And, and that's cool. That's cool. But nobody puts milk in first and then adds the cereal. Does anybody do that? I don't do that. I don't know what the directions say. I, exactly. <laughs> Dude, do we have a box of cereal around here somewhere? Ryan, do we have a box of cereal? There's got to be one. There's got to be something somewhere, I, right? I, I, I want to see if there are directions on a box of cereal. I, I find that fascinating. I had no idea, but according to Ramon Richards in his lawsuit, he followed the directions to a T. In fact, that's exactly what it says. It says, Richard poured the cereal from the bag into the bowl following the ready-to-eat directions found on the bag. Ready-to-eat directions. Well, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but we'll certainly continue to follow that. That That is for sure. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I do want to mention this because I found it sad. Uh, you heard over the weekend, Golden Richards died. Now, a lot of you may be too young to know who Golden Richards is, but he was a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he wore number 83. And the only reason I remember that specifically is because that's why I wore the number 83. I, I liked him and watched him, and, and he, was, uh, he was fun to watch. And he died over the weekend. And so um, rest in peace to Golden Richards. That, uh, that was sad news. The other bit of sad, is there, wait a minute, is there directions on the cereal? Can you bring that in here, Ryan? Ryan apparently oh, is Ryan. Take, taking a Ryan. picture of that. We need to put that up on our, on our YouTube page so everybody can see it. it apparently there are. Well, he's got to go to back to his desk for that. Oh, he does? Yeah, he's got to go to his desk to put that on. Oh, can you put that? I, I've i never known that. There is actually directions on a box of cereal. And it's cereal first. Yes, of course it is. Oh, nobody can see that. Can you put that on the on the chat? Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, it's got my little my little ring lights in. I pledge, I swear I have never seen that. I mean, do you just not look i've legitimately never seen that in my life but it also does not shock me 
That is fascinating to me. And now I'm just like, wow. I'm going to start reading the directions on the box of cereal. That's nuts. Because everything has directions. I guess. But, I mean, you know, even a caveman can open a box of tricks and figure out how to do that. Hey, hey, hey. We don't, <laughs> we don't want to get canceled like Geico. I know. There's a reason Caleb took over that job on Wednesdays. Oh, man. <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> YouTube guys are you guys are funny. Now, Claymore, I, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, so I don't even try. But he says Ramon was screwed. <laughs> Truer words never yeah, spoken. Yeah, that, that's that's easy. Steve Sosa on our YouTube uh, page is talking about the media being too soft on the Spurs. Says San Antonio is too soft on Pop. And Fred Villarreal says, does he need directions to open the cereal box first? Alexandra says directions. <laughs> Who knew? I don't think anybody knew that this that, that was a thing. And there it is. There it is. Now, Jacob Eric says he can't find the directions on his Lucky Charms. <laughs> Who be eating my Lucky Charms? <laughs> Who be stealing my Lucky Charms? <laughs> but there you go. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the, uh, the box. And that looks like a box of Special K. Um that Ryan has found, and there's clearly directions there. Step one, pour the cereal into the bowl. Step two, milk on top. Step three, eat it. Don't you forget those directions, and if you do, buy cereal with directions on it. I was going to stop after step two. (laughs) Glad they told me to eat it. Yeah, eat it. Yeah, you can't just stop with pouring the milk in there. You got to finish it and eat it. Thought I was done after that. Boy, that... uh, I, I mean, who knew? Who you know? You learn stuff every day, and, and not only on this show, but just in life. I, I just find that fascinating that there's actually directions on a box of cereal. I can't wait to go to HEB. I'm going to run into HEB when I get off work tonight. <laughs> Take You're pictures. Go to the cereal aisle. Yes, I uh, I'm I'm fascinated by that now. I, I'm truly fascinated see by if that. Your Captain Crunch has uh, directions. You know, I have to see, and if it doesn't, I'm not going to know how to eat it. Whatever will you do? I I have no no idea. By the way, if you didn't hear today, Peter King, the famous Peter King, announced his retirement. He is no longer. Uh, well, it, he said I heard him in an interview earlier today, and he said that. He uh, doesn't know if he'll work again or not, but he said he wanted to be bored for a little while. Guy's been writing a column for some 40 years, started by covering the Patriots, he said. So I thought that that, that was interesting. Um, it worked for Pro Football Talk and, uh, and NBC. So Peter King announces his retirement, and that's really uh, – really kind of sad news. And, and maybe not sad. I'm happy for him if he's going to retire, but – Boy, you talk about feeling old. I mean, I'm watching, uh, um, you know, Peter King for a long time. It's the same as John McClain, the general who we talk to every Thursday here on the Blitz when he retired. Although he's working <laughs> harder now than than he worked when he worked for the Houston Chronicle. Something tells me Peter King's going to have a very similar retirement. Yeah, he said in the interview I listened to earlier that he he has no offers standing at the moment, but I'm sure that will change. The guy's a very talented guy, so. Um, Peter King retires, and there's directions on cereal boxes. I mean, who knew?
Who knew that that was going on? I certainly didn't. But uh, never eat cereal the same again. I I got to read the directions Except first. I will. I, maybe I've done it wrong all these all these years. I, I don't know, but maybe so. There it is. Now Ryan's got a poll up, by the way. Uh, if you want to answer that, it says, "Do you pour milk or cereal first?" I can't see the thing because I got a pole that's staring at me. Yeah, <laughs> it's staring at me again. I'll answer the poll if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, well, just turn to the person next to you and answer the poll. Is it uh, is it cereal first or milk first? How do you eat your cereal? And does your cereal box have directions? Apparently, Lucky Charms don't, but Special K does. And who <laughs> be stealing my Lucky Charms? <laughs> Apparently, Trix does as well. Has directions. I got to find out. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. By the way, Peter King also wrote articles in Sports Illustrated. He's done it all. Happy retirement to Peter King. Go have a bowl of cereal. Hey, the NFL is just getting started, right? The NFL Combine is underway in Indianapolis. And uh, the free agent period of the new year, I should say, March 13th, coming up, will Dak Prescott have an extension by that day. And is Trey Lance the answer in Dallas? And what I mean by that, would you get rid of Cooper Rush and Trey Lance be your backup? Great discussion, which we are going to do all of those things as soon as we continue right here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We can take it to the next spot. They yelling like Prescott. Everybody like. There ain't no breaks, no rest stop. We trying to get your head chopped. The whole club yelling. You know, those were back in the uh, days when Dak was playing great. Cowboys were rolling. Everybody was excited. The path to the Super Bowl was wide open. Everybody was having a good time. Rap songs made about Dak and his. Here we go. And we were all having a good time, enjoying life. And then the Green Bay Packers happened. And then it went, here we go. (laughs) Oh, another disappointment for the Dallas Cowboys. But as my Cowboy friends tell me, there's always next year. And this is going to be the year. This is the one that's going to happen. This is the one that's going to be it. Well, Dak Prescott's got to be taken care of first. You, there's got to be a decision made on the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys because he's got one season left on a four-year, $160 million contract. And as things stand right now, Prescott's cap hit for 2024 is just south of $60 million, $59.4 million to be exact. Um. And we've been reporting it all day. In fact, Jeremy Fowler over the weekend of of ESPN fame says that there have been no substantial talks. Now, when I was on the air with R.J. Ochoa this morning, R.J. Ochoa, blogging the boys, he says he finds that hard to believe. And I agree with him. I I think they're now substantial. I guess it's how, how do you want to define substantial? Uh, Are you putting, you know, numbers down on a piece of paper? Are you just talking to the agent? Um, you throwing out ideas. What do you? De- how do you define substantial? And I think that's the key to uh, to say whether they've had them or not. Look, 
we, we've talked about this, but I'll, I'll recap it for you. Dak Prescott has the Cowboys over a barrel. I mean, he just does. He's got the Cowboys over a barrel. Jerry Jones gave this guy a contract where Dak has everything uh, that he would ever want. No trade clause. No tag clause. Um, the hit is unbelievable. So he's got him over a barrel. If the Cowboys want to add any any type of team, fill any holes that there are, you got to figure out what you're going to do first and foremost with Dak Prescott. And you would like to get that done by March 13th. So you can start to make plans for any free agents that you might need. If you want to re-sign uh, or, or give you know C.D. Lamb, give him a new contract, maybe Micah Parsons. Um, what are you going to do with Tyron Smith? How about Tyler Biotish? Uh, you need linebackers. Cowboys need a lot of stuff. And they're going to have a limited amount of money to do that. So, look, I don't like it. I don't. You know me if you listen to the show. I don't think Dak Prescott is worth 60 or $62 million a year. I don't. And I know a lot of Cowboy fans agree with me. He's not. He hasn't proven. If you're paying a guy for the regular season, okay, we can have that conversation. But when the bright lights go on, Dak Prescott folds. He just does. That's the way that it is. And and it's not me just saying it because it's my opinion. It's true. It's factual. He folds. So the idea of paying this guy $60 million a year for the next four or five years is just, my goodness. I mean, your, your mind goes, <laughs> unbelievable, just blows up. But it's most likely going to happen. And it's going to open up a lot of cap space for the Cowboys, who, by the way, are, are over the cap right now. So they've got to get under the cap somehow, some way, to get everybody that they need signed, sealed, and delivered. And it starts with Dak Prescott. So there's that. So expect it. Whether you like it or not, he's going to get it. I, I just can't see any other way that he won't. If the Cowboys let him play this thing out, he's still going to count a lot against the, the cap, and you're going to let him walk away for nothing because that could happen. He's going to get a, an extension. I, it's, it's going to happen. Hopefully Jerry's a little bit smarter about it this time around. But look, if you're Dak Prescott, you're going to be 31 years old when the season begins. You have to figure. Now, it's possible he could get another big contract in four or five years. It is possible. But I think this is Dak's last opportunity to cash in big time. Big time. So we'll see what happens, but just kind of count on it. I, I, look, I've, I've kind of resigned to the fact that it's going to happen, even though I'm against it. It's going to happen. So just get ready for it. The question now becomes, what do the Cowboys do for a backup quarterback? Cooper Rush has been fulfilling that very nicely, in fact. He's been doing um, a, a great job. Filled in for Dak Prescott a couple years ago. Uh, one Went 4-1 and one and did a great job. He's a, he's a good backup quarterback, serviceable, a guy you can depend on. Uh, the only problem with that is now you've got a guy that the Cowboys traded away a fourth-round pick for, Trey Lance. So what do you do with that guy? This is the last year that Trey Lance is manageable money-wise. Because if the Cowboys pick up his fifth-year option, you're looking at about $22 million. They, they don't want to do that. Not for a backup quarterback. But what do you do with him? He's going to be hard to trade away because of that figure. 
So somebody, if you're going to trade for him, would, would almost have to work out a new deal with him right off the bat. And do you think that he, or the team that you're trying to trade him to, thinks that he is a serviceable number one quarterback? Look, I thought the deal was silly as hell when they made it. And I think it's just Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones, wanting to make a splash, saying he got a number one guy and uh, got him cheap, fourth-round pick. He couldn't make it in San Francisco. You're hoping he could make it in Dallas. Yeah, I'm seeing reports all over the place that he's been working with uh, coaches this offseason already. He's going to get an opportunity uh, in preseason. And that's why I asked the question. Isn't it time maybe to give up on Cooper Rush and see what you've got in this guy? I mean, he's only 23 years old. Somebody thought high enough of him to draft him third overall. That was the San Francisco 49ers. Now, they got tired of him real quick, but they did draft him. And then Jerry Jones traded a fourth-round pick for him. I, I just think you got to see what, you, what you've got in him. And the Cowboys have a lot of guys like that. Mozzie Smith's another one. you got to give this guy another year. What do you have in him? Is he, is he the guy? I just find it fascinating, and and I think I broke RJ's heart this morning, although he had a hard time disputing anything. The Cowboys have so many holes to fill. I don't think they can fill them all, not with anything credible. I mean, they're going to fill them, obviously, but not with anything that would make you say, oh, wow, that defense is going to be historic. I don't think that's going to happen. So I think the Cowboys' window is closed. Or it certainly just cracked open. That's what makes this so frustrating. Not only for cow, diehard Cowboy fans, but for me as well. Because, look, I cover the Cowboys. I would like to see them do well. I would like to see them go to a Super Bowl. I would like to be there uh, on Radio Row talking about the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl, getting ready to take on name an AFC team, the Kansas City Chiefs. I would love that. It would make my job so much more fun. You guys would have so much more fun. You know you would. So I'd like to see them successful. Been covering the Cowboys for a long, long time. They are good for business. So I'd like to see them do well. The problem is I just think that they're not going to be good, as good this year as they were last year. And the path that they had last year was wide open. And they got cocky. Their culture was of the opinion that that's just a piddly old Green Bay. We, we can just show up and move on. It's going to be tough. And again, yes, Ultra Cowboy, it is closed. There are a lot of holes. Cowboys are not going to be as good next year as they were this year. Mark my word. What is today? February 26th? 2024, write it down, buddy. They're not going to be as good next year. And that makes me sad. It really does. It makes me very sad. NFL Combine begins today, runs through next Monday. A lot of guys are choosing not to do anything at the Combine. Some are choosing to do some. We're going to talk a little NFL because the Bengals have franchise tagged one of their star players. And Russell Wilson, remember him? Denver Broncos? Remember that whole 
dust up with him and Sean Payton where they wanted him to get rid of his injury clause? Well, Russell's talking about that. He's going to tell us exactly what happened during his time in Denver. He'll do all that when we return right here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Tonight at 5.45, it's college basketball. Miami and North Carolina on your home for March Madness. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. What a beautiful day it is today. It's going to be downright warm outside. Probably already is. But keep in mind, I'm in a studio with no windows. Pledge and I are in here. We have no clue if it's raining, snowing, sleet, whatever outside. We just don't know. But it leads me to this. If you haven't signed up for our golf tournament, you need to do so. It is a spring golf classic at the beautiful Golf Club of Texas. And it's all March 25th. So a little less than a month away, and it's presented by Flight by Yingling. We're going to have up to 144 players. And by the way, uh, at last check, we are more than halfway sold out. You know it's going to sell out, so don't wait. Go to SanAntonioSportsStar.com and sign up. It costs 120 bucks if you're just one player wanting to join, or if you got three friends, it's 100 bucks each, $400. The San Antonio Sports Star Spring Golf Classic at the Golf Club of Texas, presented by Flight by Yingling, March 25th. Register now. It's always a lot of fun. Hi, everybody. I'm Joe Reinagle. Jason Minnix has the day off. This is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. By the way, we have uh, Ryan put up a little poll a few minutes ago, and if you're just joining us, you didn't hear us. We were talking about cereal and how none of us knew that there were directions on a box of cereal. Um, so the question was asked, and the poll on our YouTube channel, if you're there, if you're not, you can well, participate with whoever is in your car. Do you pour milk or cereal first? You got a bowl, you got the milk, you got the box of cereal. Do you pour the milk in first and then the cereal? Or do you go cereal first and then the milk? 210-656-3776. You can get me at Twitter, at JoeRyanEagle210. Or if you're on our YouTube channel, you can comment there. Also talking a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, and we got a mixed bag there. Some people think the Cowboys are going to be okay next year. Others agree with me and say that that window is closing quickly. They are going to have a tough time next year. So a lot on the plate, plus the fact that the NFL Combine begins today. It runs through next Monday. Now, obviously, we all know what the Combine is. A lot of uh, people call it the Underwear Olympics. Right? They run sprints, they jump, they uh, throw, they do all kinds of stuff. Well, a lot of players now, some of the bigger names, are not participating. In fact, we learned that USC quarterback Caleb Williams, LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, they're not planning to throw. Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to participate in drills or testing. However, Washington quarterback Michael Penix, Oregon's quarterback Bo Nix, and Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy all plan to throw in Indianapolis. And that fits perfectly. I mean, the blueprint. I don't blame Caleb Williams for not throwing. The guy's going to go number one, most likely, to the Chicago Bears. Jaden Daniels, most likely two or three. Uh, He's going to get. And and so all you can do if you're those guys is hurt yourself, even though they'd have to stink it up pretty bad to hurt themselves. But that's all you can do. There's really no 
advantage to you going to the combine and doing that. Now, a lot of these guys will go and they'll throw at their pro days. They'll do that. And the reason for that is it's, it's all their guys. It's guys that they know, guys that they've worked with before, and they, they tend to look better um, with, with those guys. What do we got here, Pledge? Pledge has just put something up. LSU's Malik Neighbors, a wide receiver, will not work out at the combine either. So a lot of those guys won't do it. He, according to Bleacher Report, is a number 7 prospect. Uh, it just doesn't help them. But guys like Michael Penix, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, those guys can improve their draft status. And it's the combine is really for 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 to see where you can jockey to catch the eye of somebody uh, because you'll be interviewed by every team and, and, and all of that kind of stuff that's thinking about drafting you. So that's who it's for. For the, for the big guys that are going to go early in the draft, the combine really is not for you. Now, you're going to be there, but you're just not going to do anything because it can only hurt you and not help you. It's also that time of the year for franchise tags. And the first big name in that respect came off the board today, and it's in Cincinnati. T. Higgins has been franchise tagged by the Bengals. He was set to become a free agent. Uh, now, look, the Bengals can still sign this guy to a long-term contract if they so choose to. I don't think they're going to because I don't think they have the money. Uh, Jamar Chase is, uh, is, is sitting out there. Um, we already know about Joe Burrow and his contract. So I don't think he's going to get one. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he will. That's why they threw the tag on him. And look, don't feel sorry for T. Higgins. He's going to make about $21.5 million this year. So, And I've, I've always un, never understood that. And I get the argument that it's not a long-term security type of thing. But if somebody were to tell you right now, I'm going to pay you $21.5 million to work for one year, what, are you going to tell them No. Are you going to say no? Of course you're not. You're going to say, yeah, I'll take 21 and a half. Sign me up. So for T. Higgins, don't feel bad for him. Dak Prescott signed two of them back to back. Made about $50 million doing that before he got his big contract that we've been talking about today. So the franchise tag is not all that bad. The problem for teams now that want to franchise tag guys, the number. I mean, I just mentioned wide receivers at $21.5 million. I mean, my goodness. And that's a lot of money to franchise tag somebody. So you're not seeing a lot of them. In fact, again, this is the first name that I've seen that's been franchise tagged. Certainly the biggest name that I've seen that's been franchise tagged. And that makes the Cincinnati Bengals dangerous. Two good wide receivers. If Joe Burrow can stay healthy, that's the key. That guy has not... I mean, he's had some injury problems. So if he can stay healthy, that is a team that can compete with the San Diego, uh, with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. The AFC, again, is going to be loaded, I think. I think that, they, that that's going to be the conference that's going to be big. Just saw something that Pledge had up here. It involves the Houston Texans, of course. But there is rumors and reports that Saquon Barkley and the Texans have a mutual interest in one another. Now, Pledge, let me ask you a question. Saquon Barkley, obviously a very talented running back. Mm -hmm. Is that a guy that Houston would like to have, would pay money for, a lot of money, or or not so much? What do you think, and what are your thoughts on on Saquon? I 
like Saquon. I like the idea of Saquon. Honestly, injuries have been an issue throughout his career. But they were through the first part of Christian McCaffrey's career as well. And I'll look at your best two players, your edge rusher, Will Anderson Jr., and your quarterback, C.J. Stroud. You have to capitalize while they're on a rookie deal. And the best way to do that is to both sides of the ball load up while you can, while you have those two highest paid positions, the cheapest they will ever be. Saquon Barkley could be Christian McCaffrey in terms of the Kyle Shanahan's offense. Bobby Sloak runs a version of Kyle Shanahan's offense. It is a zone scheme run scheme. And the ability to flex a Saquon Barkley out to create mismatches the way that San Francisco does just takes that offense in C.J. Stroud's next season to the next level because C.J. basically had to do it himself this year. With the trouble he had on the offensive line with the injuries and then just the, at time, lack of success in the running game. To be able to fix that one fell swoop, three years, you're not even to a CJ extension yet. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's something that seems simplistic enough. I am not in the, you pay a running back. I am, uh, I am adverse to paying running backs for the most part. I'm the one who said for the longest time, you draft them, you use them, and you throw them away. This would be the only time I advocate paying a running back is when you have, like Brock Purdy, like C.J. Stroud, you have a rookie quarterback locked into a rookie deal that allows you to overspend at that position. So what do you, what do you think a Saquon is going to command? I know that what McCaffrey makes $16 million a year. I don't think Saquon would no. command that. But 12 13 yeah, perhaps on a three-year deal? That's exactly what I'm thinking because I'm not going over three for a 27-year-old running back. Interesting. Well, it'd be interesting to see. And I tell you what, you know, if, if obviously if you're a Houston Texan fan, that's exciting news. But if you're just a fan of football, to see what that team did this year and to get a player like a Saquon Barkley would be, uh, would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. I, I wouldn't lie to you. So we'll see what happens on that. And again, I, man, I've been saying this. You know, the NFL is king and it ain't even close. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. And it's year round now, which is so nice. The Super Bowl just ended. And here we're talking about Saquon Barkley going to uh, going to the Texans, possibly. Um, and we got the NFL Combine going on. We got franchise tags happening. Boom, boom, boom. All over the place. And then we got quarterbacks telling stories about what happened to them. And, of course, I'm referring to Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Uh, you might recall this story that the Broncos went to Russell Wilson and said, we're going to bench you unless you remove your injury clause in your contract. Interesting. And I thought, well, geez, you know, and maybe I was a little too hard on Sean Payton. I don't think so, because he's kind of a donkey. But I think that uh, in this case, he was. Yeah. Ask a guy like that to do something like that. But Russell Wilson sat down on a podcast and explained how the Broncos approached him. Beat Green Bay, Kansas City. We beat them. As you mentioned earlier, that's when I got that call. And I was like, 
I'm confused what's going on. And I didn't believe it at first. I was like, this, this, this can't be real. And I got that call that, hey, we're going to bench you for the next nine games if you, know, you don't change your injury guarantee. Wow. We're going to bench you if you don't change your injury guarantee. Well, obviously that came as a big surprise to Russell Wilson. I mean, you just don't say that, right? That's not something that, that, that you say. It's crazy. So Russell went on in this podcast and said, look, he didn't want to set a precedent. I didn't want to set a, a precedent for players to remove their injury guarantees, too, as well. And so it, 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 was, it was no way I was going to do that. And so when they said, hey, we're, we're going to bench you, we're going to bench you, I said, all right, that, that's what you want to do. Bro, that's like extortion. <laughs> what, like? It's exactly extortion. And you can't do that. And Russell went on to say he didn't want to get the uh, players' union involved, but he had to. His agent made him do it. And... <sighs> What's crazy about that is that according to Russell Wilson, now it's a one-sided interview and a one-sided story, but he says that Sean Payton came to him a week later and said, ah, forget about it. The whole week, all the way, and I get back on Monday, I still don't know necessarily what's going to happen. And uh, on that Monday, that's when I meet with Sean, and Sean's like, hey, forget like nothing happened. We're just, you're going to play this week against Buffalo. we got a big game against Buffalo. you got to go win on Monday Night Football. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, Russell Wilson still believes that he's uh, quarterback enough to win a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, saying all the right things. He likes to stay in Denver. Don't think he's going to stay in Denver, although he's still got a lot of money coming his way. Um, th- that's going to be interesting to see. And then the, what What do the Broncos do? They're going to have to go out and draft a quarterback? And look, I will lie to you. If, if you're looking for a quarterback, a young rookie quarterback – you are looking at this draft. There are a bunch of those guys out there. Uh, in fact, I've heard anywhere from from five or six could actually go in the first round of the, of the draft. Now, that's kind of crazy, and if that happens, I'll be surprised. But certainly four or five, it's nuts. So what's Denver going to do? It'll be interesting to see. I've, I've heard that uh, Sean Payton likes Bo Nix. We'll see if that if – that, uh, works out or not but it's going to be it's going to be fascinating and as we get into the NFL combine we're going to start hearing from some of these teams and what their needs are and what they're looking at including of course the Dallas Cowboys now we know that Mike McCarthy and uh, Mike Zimmer are not going to Indianapolis they have decided to stay back at, at the star in Frisco but Jerry will be there Jerry Jones will be there Stephen Jones will be there and that's always fascinating and we talked to our good friend John Mishota from The Athletic, who covers the Cowboys for The Athletic. Um, he's already in Indianapolis, and he's already got a list of questions. In fact, you ought to go read his article that he's got. Uh, it's the 10 things that the, the Cowboys are looking at as they go into the offseason and the, and the questions that he's going to ask Jerry Jones. And what's fascinating about that is, look, Jerry is not going to answer anything. The biggest question is going to be about Dak Prescott. Uh, then you're going to be talking about the running game. Then you're going to be talking about linebackers. Then you're going to be talking about C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons. Jerry's probably not going to answer any of those that make any sense. But if you're like me, and maybe some of you are, I love listening to Jerry Jones spin. He is the spin master when it comes to stuff like that. And what what's great about Jerry Jones in that case is it's almost like he's doesn't really know what he's talking about, but Jerry knows what he's talking about. 
and he knows how to sidestep. He knows how to spin. He knows how to do all of that. So I'm looking forward to hearing from Jerry Jones, whenever that will be. Um, we don't know. And even guys like John Machota and, and, and those guys that are there covering it don't know just yet when that's going to be. But uh, we'll have it for you here on the Blitz as soon as that happens. You, you can bank on it. And I can't wait. You know we're going to have a lot of fun with it for sure. You know, we were talking earlier uh, about cereal boxes. Ryan put up a poll, and it is concluded. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, if not, let me tell you what it was. The question was very simple. Do you pour milk or cereal first? Well, cereal wins 89% to 10%, 29 votes. Uh, we had one guy on our YouTube channel, Edgar Benavides, says he lives dangerously. Pours them both at the same time. Um, that, that, takes, uh, that takes some talent, Edgar. There's no doubt about it. Can you mind trying to do that at the same time? You'd make a hell of a mess. I mean, it might give you the perfect uh, ratio of well, cereal to milk. I like more milk than cereal. I mean, I like to have it floating. <laughs> I need a floater. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I like to, uh, I like to eat the cereal and then, and then drink the milk. Especially if it's like my Captain Crunch. You, uh, it, it tastes like Captain Crunch milk. Yeah, I'm, I'm minimal <laughs> milk. Yeah, I just kind of like to get the cereal wet a little bit. Uh huh. And because otherwise it, it, especially with Captain Crunch, it loses its consistency too fast. I don't know. Well, you don't eat it fast enough then. Apparently not. You don't. You got to get You got to get it down, man. Get it down, take care of business, and, and then drink the milk at the end and, and, and go to town. So uh, that's my Super Bowl week breakfast. Get a box of Captain Crunch at the grocery store and... Bam. And, and but, but now what I'm curious about, because I never noticed, are there directions on a box of Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries now? Not just the regular Captain Crunch. Got to be the Crunch Berries. We learned today that there are directions on tricks and on Special K. There's actual directions on the box of these cereals. Blew me away. I had no idea. No clue. Hmm. I don't know, man. It's the things you learn every day. It's what makes life interesting, doesn't it? it? Just you learn different things, and it's fascinating. Hey, when we come back, I had a great weekend that I got to tell you about, and something happened to me at the rodeo on Friday night that has never happened to me before. I'll tell you all about it when we continue here on the Blitz on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a great day. My name's Joe Reinagle. This is the Blitz. Jason Minix has the day off. In fact, very proud of Jason's wife. Ran the marathon, I guess it was a half marathon, in Las Vegas last night. And uh, apparently beat her time, or her goal time, uh, by a few seconds. So that's fantastic. And it looked like a bunch of people, four, oh, four minutes. 
Wow. Four minutes. Okay. That's incredible. Four minutes. Okay. So it's not just a few seconds. It's four minutes. Good for you, Joanna. It looked like there were a bunch of people running in that marathon. And the cool part about it is it finished up at, uh, at nighttime so that, uh, you know, you can kind of run down the strip with all the lights going and all that stuff. So I hope she's enjoying today a little rest and recovery uh, for Joanna. And Jason didn't do anything. He just sat there watching, drank beer all day. So I'm sure he was cheering her on as he took a sip of Miller Lite. But uh, so good for you, Joanna. We're all proud of you back here in San Antonio. Congratulations. Um, it, it was an interesting weekend. I got to tell you that because a lot of things happened uh, over the weekend. I left here on Friday and uh, went. my wife Maggie and I went down to the rodeo. Big and Rich were playing. I'm thinking, well, Big and Rich, I don't know a lot of their songs, although I did recognize a couple of them. And Gretchen Wilson was there as well. And uh, going to the the rodeo, and I love watching the rodeo. I got to tell you, I mean, it, it was fascinating. I hadn't been to the rodeo in a long time and actually w- was able to go twice this year. Saw Sticks last Tuesday and then Big and Rich on Friday. And But what was cool about Friday was the fact that it was the semifinals. And, you know, these guys and gals compete for a lot of money. Obviously, it takes a lot of money to keep up uh, with uh, everything they've got to keep up with. They're animals, horses, and all that stuff. But as I'm watching this competition, they were flashing the, the prize money out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. Now, I'm assuming that, I don't know if that's what they had won for the week, if that was just for the night, whatever the case may be. Anyway, it was it was decent money. So, um and, and it was fun to watch because they're very skilled and talented at what they do. And I, look, I'm a big bull riding fan, and I think most people are, but those bulls are massive. And where we were sitting on Friday, it was pretty close. A friend of mine's company had, well, they had pretty good seats. So we're right there. In fact, we were so close that as the bulls go by or the horses with the bronc, they, they you know shoot dirt up your way. There was one girl right in front of us who had uh, a hat on, and it, 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 where the brim was was dirt. Nothing but dirt crumbles in there. So you kind of had to put your your hand over your beer so you didn't get dirt all in there. But needless to say, there was big. You can see how big those animals are and how crazy they are and all the snot coming out of their nose and, and all of that. And they're, they're just mean looking, right? So uh, it was fascinating. Enjoyed watching that stuff. But as as I'm going up to get a beer with my friend, we go up to the bar, which was right there, uh, right inside. I go up and I see a guy, and he looks at me and he goes, reaches out his hand and, "How you doing?" And this guy was uh, was feeling no pain. I mean, it was obvious right away he was feeling no pain. I shake his hand. And he goes, "Ha! You're a good looking man." <laughs> I said, "What? You're a good looking man." My dad always told me if I see a good looking man. I should tell him he's a good-looking man. And I went, well, okay. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. I, I don't think the guy was hitting on me or anything. I, mean, I think he was just drunk. You know how it is with those beer goggles on. Everybody looks a little bit better, I think. But I was like, I, that, that had never happened to me before. And he was like, ha! Ah! <laughs> he was feeling no pain. Yeah, good-looking man. <laughs> I really didn't know what to do with that. Um, they, they said thanks and, and, and went our way. Now, went back in the rodeo and we saw Big and Rich and Gretchen Wilson. And 
I was I I have to admit I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed. Now I I, I you know John Rich you, you see him on on stuff and you, he's even on some news programs. I think he's on Fox News sometimes because he's a big uh, he's a big conservative dude. I think, or at least that's my impression. Um, so he goes on a tangent. He really does. And and not that there's anything wrong with it, although I thought it lasted a little too long about, you know, uh, patriotism and this and that and all, you know, just kind of a, I didn't find it as a lecture, but it was kind of, it just went on too long. I appreciate what he said. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, hey, it, it was too long. I wanted to hear some music, some live music. Because it takes about, what, 45 minutes between the last event of the rodeo and then to get everything out there, the stage with a little stage that, that turns very slowly. Um, and then they come out, man, they start banging it. I mean, the music's going and it's, it's, they're rocking and it's exciting and, and all of that stuff. But I'm like, they're rocking out more than the stick show that I saw on Tuesday night. Uh, and, and it was just kind of weird because I thought, well, big and rich, their country. Well, not that night. They weren't. Even the songs that I recognized, they kind of had a rock and roll twang to them. And then they let little Gretchen Wilson, and I say little because she is. She's not very tall, uh, to sing her song. Was it Redneck Girl or Redneck Woman? What is Redneck it? Redneck Woman. Redneck Woman, which is, I guess was her biggest hit. She ain't no high class broad. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. And she was good. I mean, that was that was country music. And so that was good. So I didn't mind that. But it was just a rock and roll thing. And they didn't play very long. They didn't play very long at all. In fact, maybe maybe an hour. Well, I mean, how deep is their catalog? Well, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, you kind of, you're I mean, there. Styx has, what, three, four decades? Of- Styx was an hour and a half. Exactly. And they left out four or five songs that I wanted to hear. So, you know, that that's the difference, I guess. And so I was a little bit spoiled. But... I was okay with it because hey, it was a. I, I got to see two rock and roll shows, as it turned out, and at the end of the day, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was okay, and then you know the compliment I got ah, was pretty good too. But then yesterday, yesterday we went up to Fredericksburg with, with some friends, and as we're coming back, we nobody want to cook, so we stop at Waterburger, get a burger, take it home. No French fries. I'm like, wait a minute. And so I keep looking in the bag, and my my wife Maggie gets she always gets the kids' meal with the chicken strips and a cookie and uh, and that kind of stuff. But it's supposed to come with fries too. No French fries, dude. I'm going to tell you what. Is there anything more disappointing than getting a burger and having no fries? I don't think there's anything more disappointing than that. So I was very disappointed. And look, I don't want to be that guy that sits there at the end of the drive-thru when you get your your deal and you start looking through the bag and everybody's behind you. They're wanting to get their stuff. And I I just, I don't want to be that guy. But I'm afraid I'm going to have to be that guy. Because there was no French fries for either one of us. But that is not, not the first time. Breakfast, I go to get a sausage egg biscuit. I take it home. No sausage. It's just an egg. Who the hell gets an egg biscuit? I mean, is that a thing? Just an egg biscuit with no sausage? 
I mean, what's the point of that? You got to have some meat in there. I mean, I'll get a sausage biscuit with no egg. Okay. But you're not going to go order an egg biscuit. Does anybody out there, if you're watching on YouTube, driving around on Twitter, do you just get an egg biscuit from any place? Doesn't have to be Whataburger. I've never heard of that. And you talk about disappointing. Yeah, you unwrap that dude and it's just an egg thing in there. That's it. No sausage, no nothing. Very disappointing, I'm going to tell you. So I, I got so upset. Look, I, I don't like to complain. I know I do on this show. All right. Uh, and I heard all of you say, yeah, what? Yeah, whatever. I need more meat between my buns. <laughs> yes, I do. So on the receipt of the Whataburger bag, there's a little QR code. Have you seen that? You take the picture of it, and it pops it up, and tell us about your experience. So I did. Dude, there were no fries. Now, I'm a rewards guy with Whataburger because I'm a big Whataburger defender. When people want to take, you know, say that In N Out Burger's better, I'm saying no. It's not even close. In N Out sucks. I like Whataburger. I do. I always have, and I still think that, that they're the best. A Whataburger with cheese with some jalapenos on it. Sometimes if I'm feeling crazy, we'll get some grilled onions going on there. But I like Whataburger. So I, I tell them, hey, no fries. And it's not the first time this happened, yada, yada, yada. I haven't heard back from them. And I'm telling you, I'm expecting something. How about a chocolate milkshake? And not that I want anything, not that I, but I mean, don't you think I deserve something after going through all that misery? I mean, honestly, I went through hell. No French fries, no sausage. I mean, that's like, that's like the depths of hell. You can't have a cheeseburger with no French fries. Come on. They'll do better. And I'll give them another chance. But I'm afraid I'm going to be that guy that sits there, holds up the line at the drive-thru, and checks my bag. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't ever want to be that guy. And I guess I'm one of the few, and, and it doesn't happen all the time, but I'm one of the few that doesn't eat all my fries on the way home. I know Pledge does that. Oh, yeah. If my fries make it home, it's... But see, I don't like that. I don't like eating all the fries on the way home. And then I got no fries when I get home with my burger. So I got to have some fries left. I will <sighs> devour my fries before I even start on my burger. You know, if I'll do that, I'll, I'll grab one and I just kind of take tiny bites <laughs> as I go. Just tiny bites. And then hopefully it lasts till I get home. If it doesn't, I'll get one more. Tiny bites, tiny bites. Everybody on YouTube is telling me I got to check the bag. Alexandra says, good for you, Joe. You should complain. She says she ordered an egg, cheese, and biscuit from Wendy's, and it was nasty. Never again. I, I hear you, Alexandra. At least was was the everything on there? I guess it – you did – so you had no meat on there, Alexandra? <laughs> I'm disappointed. Well, I mean, I don't know if you just eat an egg and cheese biscuit. You just sounded like you were talking to one of your daughters. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. You got to put something on there. You can't just eat an egg and a biscuit. 
That just doesn't sound right. But whatever you all like and whatever you like, Alexandra, good for you. So we'll see what happens. I'll let you know. Um, yeah. Daniel Martinez says, cheeseburger with no meat. <laughs> now, what What yahoo is in there putting that together and says, I'll show this dude, and just slaps a couple of buns together? I mean, it's a grilled cheese, basically. I guess. Yeah, that would be disappointing. I, you win. <laughs> Daniel, you win. That would be really dis- – at least the cheeseburger was good. The cheeseburger was good, I have to admit. I mean, that was good, but no fries to go with it. That was uh, that was tough. Ah, I don't know what to do. Hey, have you heard all this uh, this stuff about the storming the court? A lot of people are really upset by it, and I don't know if there's anything we can do about it. What do you guys think? We're going to talk about that. Guy was hurt, Duke player hurt uh, the other day at Wake Forest. Um, and now people are calling for drastic measures. We're going to talk about that when the Blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we've got some tickets we're going to be giving away to Hosier. That it, Pledge Hosier? You can win a pair of tickets, in fact, to see Hozier, the Unreal Unearth Tour. Special guest, Allison Russell. It's September 24th at the Frostbank Center. We're going to be giving some tickets away. If you don't win, though, you can get some tickets at LiveNation.com. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. I just saw something come down here, and it is an article from Brian Windhorst. Uh, or actually, Sean Cavanaugh, but they quote Brian Windhorst that LeBron James has one year left on his deal with the L.A. Lakers. He has a player option next season with a $51.4 million salary. But he's not yet committed to picking up that option. Now, according to Brian Windhorse, James is angling for a new three-year deal worth nine figures. Nine figures, a three-year deal. That's nuts. Is that nuts? Now, LeBron James is about to be 40 years old. He wants a three-year deal, nine figures this offseason, from either the Lakers or whomever. Now, I guess that uh, somebody might pay him that. He is LeBron James, after all. And I know that a lot of Spurs fans were hoping that uh, maybe LeBron would find his way to San Antonio. Uh, no, three years, nine feet, nine feet. No, 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 no. So you're jumping off that train? I'm, well, I've no, I was never on it, but now I'm damn sure dr- jumping off of it. Are you kidding me? I mean, first of all, he is going to be 40 years old. Second of all, the guy's already a billionaire, but I guess it's LeBron James. He still sells tickets and would still be good for somebody's franchise. Now, $100 million good? Is that $100 million? Nine figures? Is that, would that be right? Let's see. Six figures, seven figures, eight figures. <laughs> yeah, $100 million. Wow. That's crazy. Um, I mean, he is averaging 25, 7, and 7. I get that, but my goodness, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. 
Um, we'll see, though. I mean, if there's anybody that can get it, it, it would probably be LeBron James. And I had to run down that rabbit hole because I just saw that during the break, and, and wow, that's crazy. The fact, though, that the guy can seriously come out and say that, and people are going, well, yeah, he, may, he just might get it. And he just might. To be fair, you're talking 33.3333 a year, right? I guess, but he probably wants it guaranteed, hundred million bucks. Well, all NBA for a forty-year-old man. Guaranteed. I know, but for a forty-year-old dude. I mean, that's not even a max. <sighs> it's a lot of money. I mean, technically, that is a pay cut for him. Technically, it is. But when you look at it, you could look at it that way. You'd also look at it as an increase. Like, double what he's making now. He's got one year left and player option at 50-whatever million, I said. So, But he wants to double that and make it $100 million. All right, see, nobody has a problem paying this guy $33.3 million, even though he's 40 years old. Would be 43 years old by the time uh, this, this contract is up. So we got a lot of rich listeners, Pledge. I mean, his last deal was two years. $99 million. So he just wants the $100 million mark. Hey, somebody will pay him, I'm sure. That's significantly less than the 47 and 51 he is making currently over the last two years. You know, true, but he is going to be 40 years old. Name one person on the Spurs with that stat line. I can't. Nobody. You think the Spurs would would do that? Now, to be fair. I'm not saying they would, but should they? To be fair, you would recoup that in tickets and interest and all of that kind of stuff. So Hopefully wins. Then the last time you saw LeBron on a team under 500. Well, what are the Lakers right now? I know they have been under 500. I haven't looked at the standings, but I will. Pledge is going to look there. I want to see, because they're close to, what are they? 31-28. Okay, so the three games above 500. Mm -hmm. And they're hanging on to the what, uh, is that the ninth spot? So they're just barely in the play-in tournament at this point. Sure. Okay. Hey. That's what I'm not begrudging LeBron or anybody else for getting what they want. And and I love how everybody's like, oh, that's only 33.3. That's all. I mean, when you're talking NBA contracts, yeah, that's all. Yeah. And look, Gilberto Padilla says he bring leadership and can teach his team how to close out games. True. I've been calling for veteran leadership. Look, if you get LeBron here, that's great. I don't think it's going to happen. But if you can get him here, I, and maybe he wants to play, uh, you know, a couple years with Greg Popovich. So we'll see what happens. I, I guess when I look at a hundred million, and you don't break it down into three year period, it sounds like a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Just saying. But it's also lesser than most. When you're paying for that kind of production, he's forty years old. He is. He's an old man. An old man that's still balling. <laughs> Better than anybody not named Wimby. You know, maybe if you started fining schools $100 million, 
we could stop this uh, this storming the court nonsense. Although, when I was on with R.J. Ochoa this morning, we talked about this a little bit. And my deal is, I don't know how you stop it. R.J. had the idea of, uh, look, if, if you storm the court X number of times, you, you forfeit a win. Maybe that would stop it. You arrest people. Jay Billis has come out and said that. That you arrest them. You know, find them, arrest them. If you're on the court, you're arrested. But how are you going to arrest, I don't know, 1,000 people, 2,000 people? I don't know if that's feasible. Look, they're college kids, and they're not going to be responsible, right? They're not. You're going to have, they're probably drinking beer. I think they serve beer in arenas in college. But even if they don't, they're drinking. It happens. I, I don't know what the answer is. But everybody is upset about it, including Seth Greenberg. The Wake Forest admission dropped the ball. You have to have a plan in place. If you're playing this game and you, 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 you're expecting to win, you've got to hire extra security. You've got to have a plan in place to make sure these players get off the court safely. Sure, that all sounds great. And I've heard suggestions that when you play teams like Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, the bigger teams, Duke, that you hire extra security guards. And I, and I think the only solution is you'd have to surround the court. I mean, I, I don't see any other solution. You'd have to surround the court. These folks, men and women, arm in arm. But when you've got, say, a thousand kids running down the stairs, I'm not even sure if that would solve that problem. It's an interesting dilemma, and it's getting talked about, but people have been storming fields, courts, I mean, for as long as I can remember. But it's old enough to remember uh, Hank Aaron. When he set the home run record, man, everybody was down there. Hey, pledge just wrote up on the board. Doesn't happen in the NBA or the NFL. Well, we're talking college kids, right? I think that's a difference. I don't know what you do about it. It's dangerous for some of the players. You've all seen it. The, the guy from Duke got hurt. Um, Caitlin Clark from Iowa was uh, was knocked down in a game. So I don't know. You got to do something about it. I just don't know what you do, and I don't know how you keep that that much security and. Um, Maybe if you just do it during those times where you're playing the bigger teams, that would work. I don't want to hurt anybody, and I'm not advocating for hurting anybody, but they are college kids. They do get excited. You beat a team like Duke, it's exciting. You want to rush the court. Going to be an interesting problem to see what we can deal with. But pledge is right. Doesn't happen in the NBA. Doesn't happen in the NFL. Um, and fans like to have a good time there as well. Uh, it's a good thing it doesn't happen in the NBA because if it did, Victor Wimbanyama would probably be in some danger. People would want to rush the court to see this guy. Greg Popovich doesn't do many sit-down interviews, at least with the local media, but he did with Mike Shishovsky former Duke coach, Coach K, who has a podcast now. And he said some things that were, well, let's just say very eye-opening 
and stuff that you might not have known. We'll hear from Coach Pop on Coach K's podcast coming up here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Tonight at 545, it's college basketball. Miami and North Carolina on your home for March Madness. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Well, we're getting to that time of the year, man. That is an exciting time of year. Conference tournaments going to be kicking off here pretty soon. Then, of course, the, the big dance, the tourney coming up. A lot of fun. Can't wait for that. Hi, everybody. Hope your Monday went well. If you're still working, you're about to get off. If you're off already, congratulations. You made it through Monday. And uh, that's always a good thing. I'm Joe Reinagle. This is the Blitz here on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Jason Minix has the day off. And um, but man, we've been covering a lot of things like directions on cereal, like uh, no French fries in your Whataburger bag. I mean, important stuff that you gotta know on a Monday. It's just that. We're also covering LeBron James and his desire for a $100 million contract over three years, which I've been uh, quickly told is not a bad deal. That's a good deal for LeBron James. Well, you know, LeBron always said he wanted to play with his kid, Bronny, who is playing at USC right now. Well, there is a report that ESPN has removed Bronny's name from its 2024 mock draft now projects him to be selected in 2025. Well, the King's not liking that at all. He says, in response to that report that ESPN has removed Bronny James, he says, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking, no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't. Uh, if y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works in all caps. Earned, not given. And then LeBron doesn't stop there. He goes on. And to all the other kids out there striving to be great, just keep your head down, blinders on, keep grinding. These mock drafts doesn't matter one bit. I promise you, only the work matters. Let the real basketball people and then he holds up a peace sign and a crown get off my lawn yeah that's what he sounds like he sounds like that joe reinagle guy (laughs) oh you know what's funny about that is and look lebron's got to know this and we've said it before and it's not fair to this kid his name is Bronny james your father is is arguably the greatest basketball player to ever play the game, or the second best to ever play the game. How in the world is there not going to be pressure on this guy? There is. Just because of who your father is, it's going to happen. So, just because ESPN has taken him off the mock draft in 2024, they'll put him on in 2025. He's not ready. He's not ready. For the NBA. Playing with his father or not, he's just not ready. So let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball, and the work will take care of itself. Good advice, LeBron. Thank you for that. Appreciate it very much. Spit off my <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Speaking of 
old guys. Greg Popovich was on a podcast with another old guy, Mike Krzyzewski. So this old guy could listen to them, and all of you, by the way. And he said some things that I thought were were uh, were interesting when it comes to his uh, his new player, Victor Wimbanyama. And I wish that the Spurs would do more of this. Now I know Pop's got a lot of respect for Coach K, vice versa. Uh, and so I'm sure if Coach K asked him to do it, then he did it. And obviously he sat down with him. But Coach K was was uh, was curious about a couple of things that I think most Spurs fans are curious about. Just kind of the direction of where we're going with this team, number one, and number two, Victor Wimbanyama in the process. Well, the first question that Coach K asked Pop was what he was doing um, come lottery time. Ahead of time, because I didn't expect that we would get the first pick. So I was actually on an airplane with my family going overseas on vacation when the lottery happened. And somebody woke me up, my son in law, on the plane and said, Hey, you won the lottery. That's when I started paying attention. So when I got <laughs> back on vacation, uh, I started watching the film. Well, and that's, of course, when you knew, because it was a no-brainer. You're going to take Victor Wimbanyama. That's exactly what they did, and uh, the, the rest is history. Well, when when Wimby first came into the gym and Pop first saw him in person, uh, Pop says it was uh, it was eye-opening. When he walked into the gym, I looked at his feet, and I looked at his hands, and I saw him handling the ball like a guard. I thought, what do we have here? What are we going to do with this guy? How are we going to not screw him up? How are we going to not skip steps? You know, what, what's the order? What's the process here going to be? Which is all great questions. But what, what I like is the transparency there from, from Pop. Because you're looking at a Victor Wimbanyama, a guy that, that is, a, it, uh, I'm, I hate to use this term because it's been used over and over and over again, a unicorn. But he does things that nobody else can do. Uh, and not not just because of the fact that he's seven foot four, but he does handle the basketball. He can shoot from the outside. Um, hopefully that gets better, but he can. He can shoot from the outside, and he just does things that others don't do. He's a great passer as well, um, and he gets everybody else involved. And this guy's just scratching the surface. I mean, he's just scratching the surface. Uh, he's going to get better and better and better. Um, so to hear Greg Popovich say, "Oh my goodness, what do we have here?" I mean, what do we have here? Uh, and and I don't think anybody knew. So it might explain, and it certainly did to me, as to why Greg Popovich went this route when it came to Wimby. We came to the conclusion that the process in the beginning would be no process, mm-hmm. that we just watch him play and try to figure out what's his abilities and what's his natural positions on the floor where he feels most comfortable and you know where does he need improvement. Yeah, all of those things. And, and look, I think the biggest improvement for Wimby has been getting used to the NBA game. Uh, because I don't care what the competition was where he came from, it's not the NBA. The NBA is the best in the world and the best athletes, and it just takes a little getting used to. And he will continue that learning process for sure. There's no question. Uh, so Pop says the best process, no process. Let's see what he what he what he needs. How can we improve him? by throwing him out on the court and seeing what he needs, which Pop has said before. I have heard him say that before publicly, uh, that that's what they were going to do. There's really not a plan 
or there wasn't early. I think now there is, and you've, you've heard Pop come out uh, with the chart that we had last week, you know, be unselfish, you know, be teammates, and, and all the things that it said. And I think you're starting to see that go into a second gear. So Pop, along with the best process being no process, said, you know, it's got to be a lot of patience and a lot of watching. You know, we found like, well, playing in a crowd, like most young guys, don't play in a crowd because you're trying to do too much. So little things like that would start to pop up where we knew we could help here and there to complete his game, so to speak. But in the beginning, it was all, you know, patience and watching. Patience and watching in the beginning. I just find that eye-opening that Pop is that transparent uh, with Coach K and that we're getting to hear it. And and I don't know, uh, you as a Spurs fan out there, if that makes you feel any better or not. Because quite frankly, look, I understand where Pop's going with this, and maybe that's what he thought was the best way to do it. And Pop would know. I have a great deal of respect for Greg Popovich. But to Spurs fans, or at least to this one, the one talking, I would have just like to have seen a little more aggressive approach. Pop decided, Brian Wright decided to go with the same team that they had last year, youngest team in the NBA, and and I believe, listening to Pop, the reason he did that, to see where Wimby could improve. And could it have been done faster? Perhaps. Could it have been more successful? Perhaps. But this is the way they chose to do it. What's going to be interesting to see now is what they do in the offseason. Where is the next part of this plan going? You've, you've had no process. You've done that. You watched and you've been patient. You've done that. You know what you have here now. That's in the books. Now what happens next? And that's what I want to see. I want to see how this team approaches the offseason. They're going to have another lottery pick. There's no doubt about that. Just where is that going to be? It could very well be the number one pick again. That's possible. But where do they go from here? And that's what I want to see. Who's going to be on this team next year and who's not? Who do you surround Wimby with? That is, is, that's where the tale is going to be told. And I can't wait to see that, and I'm looking forward to the offseason when it comes to the Spurs. As for Wimby, after last night's game, he was asked, what does he think he has learned and gotten better at as the season has gone along? I think I've learned a little bit more how to play on defense and on offense with my, with my teammates, you know, how to fit more in the, in the, in the team uh, in the team. Uh-huh. I'm not sure he, he wanted to finish that thought, but uh, his defense is a little bit better. But what's better about his defense, he says, is that he's playing better defense without fouling. It's a lot of instincts. And uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of trusting my instincts. So this is an area where I, I would always trust my, you know, my, my talent. Oh, and he should trust his talent. I mean, I think the greatest players in the world trust their talent. And, and they know they have it. They know what they can do. And, uh, and, and he should trust his talent. So, look, this guy's going to get better. He's going to get better, and he's going to get better, and he's going to get better. Uh, I hope he gets better because the only flaw, the only crack in that armor that I've seen is his three-point shooting. Hasn't been that great, but he says his shot selection has improved. Shot selection and, uh, like, getting rid of, the, of more bad shots and shots where I settle for, uh, like, floaters or, I mean, Mid-range shots. 
mid-range shots. No, that means maybe not so many three-pointers in the future. Maybe more alley-oops. Maybe more under the basket. I don't know. One place where, you know, Wimby talked about defense and how, where he's improved. He's certainly improved in, in the shot-blocking category. We were all stunned and amazed by his 10-block game, what, a couple of weeks ago. Well, Wimby's got 38 blocks this month. This month, 38 blocks. It's pretty good, I would say. Let's see, there's, uh, there's been 26 days, so I don't know. It's one and a half a game, basically. No, that would be more than that because they, they haven't played that many games. Math is hard, and I don't even know why I try to do it on the fly. So I won't. It's got 38 blocks. That's more blocks than the entire Detroit Pistons team, the entire Los Angeles Clippers team, the entire Chicago Bulls team. That's more than the Sacramento Kings' entire team. It's also more than the New York Knicks and the Portland Trailblazers. Now look, the, the Pistons are right on his tail. 37. Wemby's got 38. Pistons, 37. Clips, 36. Bulls, 36. So they're right there. They're on his heels. He's got to be careful. The Kings come in with 35, the Knicks with 35, the Blazers with 30. But, you know, we we we, we joke about that, but that's pretty incredible in a lot of respects. But let me ask you the question. The guy is seven foot four. Are you expecting any less? Serious question. And I would love to get into a conversation about that. To me, blocks should be, I mean, gosh, unless teams adjust, and I think that they will, um, and not maybe get into the paint as much. But Wimby's got to have five blocks a game, doesn't he? I mean, I would think at least. And I I said the other day when he had the 10-block game, I think that might become more the norm. But teams are going to have to adjust when they play the San Antonio Spurs because of Wimby and his presence inside. You're going to have to start doing some other things and, and, and stay out of the paint because of what he can do. I mean, let's not discount the kid's seven foot four. He's seven foot four. And his arms have got to be six foot themselves. <laughs> so the guy can reach up. So I think that that should be expected. That should be expected. It's the other things that he does that are not expected. The way he handles the basketball. The way he can shoot from the outside. Um, The steals. The quickness in his hands. Those are the things that, that I'm amazed by because of his size. The block shots. I don't know. that That doesn't amaze me as much as... Some of those other things that I just mentioned. Because I think we should expect that from him. Because of his size. Because of his athletic ability. We should. And I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. At all. And Pledge has got a whole, he's got a novel over here. It says, uh, why do we keep denigrating the incredible things he's done? I don't. I don't. You are. You're expecting five blocks a game. I'm expect. Yes. And why? Why not? I've what, seen what a lot of expecting? tall guys come into the league. None of them have been able to do what he does. Have you ever? Exactly right. Which is what I said. So I don't think it's it's far fetched to expect a five block a game night. I don't think that's far fetched at all. 
What I am impressed with more so than anything is the way he handles the ball, with the way he shoots the ball, with his quick hands, the steals that he gets. Those things are incredible. But if I'm seven foot four with a wingspan that is off the chart, you think you might block some shots. I mean, who's going to get the ball over him unless you're shooting? He is forcing other teams to become jump shooters more so than getting into the paint. So it's not a disparagement. It's an expectation from a guy that everybody says is a generational talent, which he is, unicorn, which he is, which I hate, by the way. So I don't think that to expect block shots multiple in games is is far-fetched. And I don't think that's disparaging the guy at all. But what do you guys think? Everybody corrects me on YouTube, on Twitter. On the phone lines. And and you know what? I'm okay with it. You do it. If you feel differently, let's debate it. 656-3776. Get me on Twitter, at JoeReinagle210. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for doing that. Please subscribe and hit that thumbs up button there if you would. Our, uh, our bosses like that kind of stuff. And so do we. We appreciate all of you listening, however you are doing that. Thanks for tuning in so much. This is The Blitz right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. The third time in seven seasons, the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Happy Monday, everybody. It's 5 o'clock. If you uh, are just getting off work, congratulations. You made it. We've uh, we got about 45 minutes to go here, and we got a little college basketball coming up for you about 5:45. So a little bit of an early release for Pledge and I today, but uh, we'll take it. It's been a great day here, though. We've learned so much uh, on this show today. The information that you get from the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is just incredible. Did you know that there are directions on a box of cereal? I did not. I didn't know. And we found that out because um, Ramon Richards, former high school football player here in San Antonio, uh, Los Angeles Ram for a for a minute or two, is suing HEB and General Mills because, well, he bit into a screw that he found in a box of Lucky Charms. Actually, he didn't find it. He found it with his teeth. But he's he's got a lawsuit going on. And in the lawsuit, it says, this is how we learned this. It said that he read the directions before consuming that particular bowl of tricks. Now, apparently there are directions on a box of tricks. There are directions we found out today because somebody here at the radio station has a box of Special K. There are directions on a box of Special K. Who knew? Now, I'm a Captain Crunch with Crunchberry guy, and I don't recall ever seeing... Um, directions on my box of Captain Crunch. Would you have noticed them if they were there? Uh, probably not. But now I will. Now, I don't know. The box that Ryan showed us um, on the Special K, I mean, it was like the whole side of the box. Three instructions, but it was on the whole side of the box. So that, I, I think you would notice. Maybe. 
First, it just it baffles me because I didn't know you needed instructions for a box of cereal. I mean that that really gets to me that if you need instructions on how to eat cereal, um, I don't know. That's weird to me. No offense to anybody that might need instructions to eat cereal. But if you do, okay, so you do. So the question we ask today, now how do you eat cereal? Because it doesn't specify whether you start with the milk or the cereal first and then pour the milk. Good question, right? I mean, and, and we had a poll up on this on our uh, YouTube page earlier and the consensus was you pour the cereal first and then the milk second. So that was a consensus. So I guess most people do it that way. It doesn't make it right if you do it the other way. No judgment here at all. A pledge is pulled up a whole bunch of boxes of Crunchberry Captain Crunch. And uh, do you see any instructions on there, pledge? To the moment. No. No instructions on Captain Crunch. Oh, wait, what's that? So if that's the case, maybe I've been doing it wrong all these years. I'm not sure. Now, the nutrition part is there. Tells you what the nutrition is, uh, calories and such. And I think what you're looking at there plays, it looks like a recipe. Well, there's ingredients, and below it, it looks like preparation. Preparation. Which would be directions, I would think. Now, you got to be kidding me. Now, what are the preparations? Can you read that? <laughs> Hold on. It's in such fine font. It is in fine print. It does say preparation. Mm-hmm. But I think that's for your treats. Right? That's almost like, now, I didn't know that maybe you can make, like, like Rice Krispie treats, right? It looks uh, it like looks like Crunchberry cookies. Yeah, Crunchberry cookies. So, I get that you need directions for that, but not to just pour the cereal in a bowl, open the milk, pour it in, and get a spoon and, and go to town. So that's kind of baffling to me. Um, you know, Fred on our YouTube page says, "What kind of utensils are suggested?" It doesn't suggest. So I guess you, that's your choice. Now I prefer a spoon. But in my house, I have two different size spoons, right? One's a small one. One's a little bit bigger. Although this wormhole has made me really want to try this Crunchberry cookie now. Well, it, it looks really delicious. Why don't you make some of those tonight, Pledge? You can bring them into work tomorrow? <laughs> Do you trust me to bake a cookie? Sure. You've got the, you've got the instructions right there. Follow the instructions to a T, and, and we're in good shape. <laughs> that would be no problem at all. I think it'd be interesting. I, so, you know, I don't know how many cereal eaters are out there, but I, I just, I, it's why you have to tune in every day from two to six. You have to. Right here on 94 One, you just never know what you're going to learn. You don't know. And you learn all kinds of stuff. And it's just, that just had me baffled. And when you read a lawsuit like that, and look, I'm not saying I'm on anybody's side and not making light of a guy that, that you know, bit into a, a screw in his tooth. But I found it fascinating that actually there are instructions on cereal boxes. And so um, it's kind of got me thinking that I really just want to go to the grocery store after work and go up and down the cereal aisle and find out which boxes have directions and which don't. And what does that tell you if your particular cereal has directions and the others don't? 
Does that say anything about you or about the people that eat that particular cereal? Or, yeah, I don't know. Are you saying the people that consume that cereal may need the instructions? It's possible. Although I would think with a special K, which we gleaned today, has directions on it. Special K kind of seems like a, I don't know, swanky's not the right word, but like a you know, hoity-toity kind of cereal. Healthy. Yeah, healthy. is what you're looking healthy. for. Healthy. So, I, Captain Crunch doesn't have directions. Maybe it's just the opposite. People that are healthy with the good cereal that's good for you, you need directions because it, that makes no sense. I, you know, it, it just baffles me. It baffles me. So, anyway, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that uh, with that lawsuit with Ramon Richards and, and HEB and, and General Mills, but we'll keep you posted, I'm sure. Uh, there's got to be a conclusion to that bad boy at some point in time. <laughs> I don't know. You no, know, it's been a bad week for screws. Uh, well, yeah. I found one in my tire yesterday. Oh, no. Right dead smack in the middle. Just is huge it, one. Is it flat? Yeah, it, it was cooked. I had to change my tire last night and then go to wake up early and go to discount tire and buy a whole new tire this morning. Oh, you had to buy a tire. Typically, if they're in the middle, they can fix that thing. Yeah, they said that uh, they couldn't. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they said. <laughs> I I get it. I, yeah, you need a new tire. We can't fix that. Let's see, a, a, a $5 plug or a you know $300 tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you got a you got a new tire. That, that you know that sucks when that happens, and especially when it's in the side and you have to get rid of it. If you but, get one, you gotta get two. Well, yeah, right. They can't Keep be wearing moving. uneven. How oh, they got us by the screws. Kind of like Jack has the Cowboys, huh? <laughs> exactly right. Wait a minute here. Um, we're still getting some comments on the it's just, so no directions on the lucky charms according to uh to YouTube. So that's good to know. I mean, I'm not a huge lucky charm fan except that I like the spokesperson on that thing. So that's uh I do oh, like that. Who be stealing my lucky charm? Exactly. I like that dude. Uh, I like the way he talks. Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what accent is that? I need a floater. Who's that guy? <laughs> All kinds of stuff happening today. Yeah, a conclusion. How you like your cereal? I need, need it f- floating. It floats. I want it floating. I need a floater <laughs> or two or three, so you can drink the milk after you eat it. Boom, and the it, all the good stuff goes into the milk. Dak Prescott has one more season remaining on a four-year, hundred sixty million dollar contract. What what kind of cereal Dak eats? You think Dak needs directions on his cereal? Uh, he's going to be able to buy a lot of it because, the, the, look, as, as much as I don't like it, as much as I've seen Cowboy fan not like the fact that he's about to make $60 million plus uh, in a brand-new contract, it's going to happen. I just don't see how the Cowboys have any other way out of it. Um, but according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, there have not been any substantial talks about an extension yet this offseason. And you may say, okay, well, no big deal. There's a lot of time until the, until, uh, you know, the new season begins. But March 13th is a key date in the NFL. And the Cowboys 
it would behoove them to have Dak done by then because that way they know what they've got moving forward dollar-wise under the salary cap to sign other guys. C.D. Lamb comes to mind. Perhaps Micah Parsons, even though uh, they may not be in a big hurry to do that. But they've got some other holes to fill. So that's why it is imperative that they get this thing done sooner rather than later. That's got to be the first step, I would imagine, is getting Dak taken care of, however you're going to take care of him, uh, and then go from there. The question now becomes, and you might remember this, you might not, it, it's hard to forget because it was such kind of a bonehead thing to do. Um, Trey Lance, remember him? Cowboys traded a fourth-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers for Trey Lance, who, by the way, the 49ers drafted number three overall. All right, so they had high hopes for this guy, but uh, it just didn't pan out. Now, you might think, because it happens, some quarterbacks don't flourish in certain systems. And again, I'm not saying he's a system quarterback. Every quarterback's a system quarterback to some extent. There are other guys that are playmakers. When you're talking about a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, uh, a Josh Allen, these guys can make plays and and do things that aren't system-like. They can improvise. So Trey Lance may not be that guy. Now, he's got some legs. He's an athlete. But I just don't, at least in San Francisco, he wasn't the guy. But what are the Cowboys going to do with him? Because really, this is the last year that he's affordable. If there is a fifth-year option, if the Cowboys extend that, which I'm pretty sure they're not going to do, it's, it would cost him $22.5 million. Don't you owe it to yourself if you paid that kind of price because, quite frankly, with that end there that I just mentioned, the $22.5 million, it's going to be hard to trade this guy unless you're trading him and he gets a new contract with whatever team he's going to and – and, and they decide. But the problem is I think you're going to have to show them off a little bit. And the Cowboys are going to have to do that. Um, so my question is, with Trey Lance, do you trust him enough to get rid of a Cooper Rush and make Trey Lance your backup quarterback? If something happens to Dak Prescott, would you trust a Trey Lance to come in and get the job done? We know we can trust Cooper Rush because, well, he's done it before. When Dak missed five games two years ago, Cooper Rush went 4-1, and one, kept him in the playoff chase. When everybody else thought that the Cowboys were doomed, everybody thought that, and then Cooper Rush came in and did the job. So it, it, it's, it's an interesting dilemma for the Cowboys, something that they're going to have to deal with. And look, this team has got a lot to deal with, a lot to deal with. They've got so many questions to answer, and I can't wait to hear from Jerry Jones at the Combine. He's going to talk. You know he is at some point in time this week, and he's going to get asked a lot of these questions. Our good buddy with the Athletic, John Mishota, told us that when he joined us on um, on Friday. So it, Jerry's not going to answer these things. You know how Jerry's a, the pro. He's, he's, he's good at sidestepping stuff. But, boy, I tell you what, it, it, it's it's fascinating. And I hate to bring you down, but I'm a truth teller. It's what I do. And, and, and I have to tell the truth. And I wish this wasn't the truth because I'm better off, Jason is better off, Pledge is better off when the Cowboys are playing well. They're good for business. They're good for this business because there are so many Cowboy fans in this town. But I think their window's closing. I don't think their team, no matter what they do this year, 
is going to be as good as the team that they fielded last year, that the Green Bay Packers just simply demolished. The best opportunity the Cowboys had to get to an NFC championship game was last year. It was wide open. This year, going to be a lot different. Going to be a lot different this year. You're paying Dak the money you're going to pay him. They're most likely going to give C.D. Lamb the contract that he wants that will be somewhere in the neighborhood of $30 million a year. Uh, Micah Parsons, what do you do with him? Will he hold out? There's there's question marks there. Uh, you need linebackers. You need offensive linemen. You need a running back. I mean, there's a lot of holes to fill when it comes to the Cowboys. And I just think with all of that said, and with all of the money they're going to have to spend on just a handful of guys, it's going to be difficult for those guys. Fun to watch, to see what Jerry and company do. But it's going to be tough for them to be any better than they were last year, and I don't think they'll be that good. Hopefully, though, the Spurs will be better next year than they are this year. They can't be much worse, can they? I mean, that's impossible. And Pop seems to be getting tired of the losing. Hmm, something he did last night uh, is impressive, at least to me. I'll tell you what he did, and we'll uh, we'll hear from him. Coming up right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Tonight at 545, it's college basketball. Miami and North Carolina on your home for March Madness. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is San Antonio Sports Star. This is The Blitz. I'm Joe Ryan Eagle. Jason Minix with the day off. I promised you in the 5 o'clock hour we would give some tickets away. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. Hosier at the Frost Bank Center, courtesy of Live Nation. Uh, we got a pair of tickets to go see Hosier, the Unreal Unearthed Tour with special guest Allison Russell, September 24th at the Frost Bank Center. Uh, all you have to do is be caller number nine at 656-3776, 656-ESPN. Caller number nine will walk away with a pair of tickets to see Hosier September 28th at the Frost Bank Center. If you don't win tickets, you can always buy them at LiveNation.com. Hosier. So give, uh, give Pledge a call and, and win those tickets. In the meantime, we're going to talk a little Spurs basketball because, um, look, Victor Wimbanyama has been fantastic. Devin Vassell is really coming on here um, uh, late in the season. And, uh, look, he's always been good, but I think just un- playing the unselfish basketball that he's playing, um, and, and, and he's getting to eat as well, which is nice. And it's funny how that works out that way, right? But the Spurs lose to the Utah Jazz last night in Salt Lake City. And it, it was really bad game. I mean, it started poorly. Uh, the Spurs really never were in that ball game. They really weren't, and it was just it was bad. And one guy that wasn't in the game was Keldon Johnson. In fact, he was benched after just four minutes of play. Benched after four minutes of play. So you can look at that a couple of uh, a couple of two ways. First of all, we'll hear from uh, from Mitch Johnson. He's going to explain why he was benched that early. Apparently, Pop didn't feel well after the game. So Mitch Johnson did the post game. Just repetitive mistakes. Sometimes you need to change up the messaging or change up the accountability or 
how you do things, and Pop's the best at it. So, Absolutely. But we've got like 27 games left in the season. Why now? Why now? Why are you holding guys accountable now and pulling them off for mistakes that they're making? Look, I'm sure Keldon Johnson didn't has been making the same mistakes all season long. Why now? And part of me is happy about it, I'll be honest with you, because that's a Greg Popovich I know. It's a Greg Popovich I've been covering for over 30 years. That's the kind of guy I want to see, holding guys accountable. Y'all remember, if you've been following the Spurs for any time at all, and that starting front of of Parker and and Tim Duncan and, and those guys, if they didn't start the game out right, then Pop would pull him. He'd do a line change, and it wouldn't take long. But this is a different brand of Pop, at least until last night. And you pull Keldon Johnson off the floor after only four minutes, and that's all he saw. He didn't see any more. That was it. So Keldon made some mistakes over and over again, according to Mitch Johnson, and Pop decides to pull him. But I'm curious as to what you think, because I'm I'm scratching my head at this whole thing. I'll be honest with you. I'm scratching my head a little bit because, first of all, the question is, why now? Second of all, is this sending a message to anybody, to Keldon Johnson maybe? I mean, let's face it, Keldon Johnson has been on this team. He's got a big contract. He ought to know what he's doing. And he shouldn't be making those mistakes over and over again. I'm a huge Keldon Johnson fan. Not to say that I'm not, but when he was drafted, when he first started, I thought, man, this guy's going to be a star. And he just seems to have hit a ceiling that he can't seem to crash through. And that's concerning. And it's got to be concerning for... Greg Popovich and company. And that's got to be the reason why he was yanked after just four minutes of play last night. So that message clearly has got to go to Keldon Johnson, but were there others that that it was going to? Look, Devin Vassell's been playing great, but I think a big part of that, there was a lot of pushback, not necessarily by the Spurs that we know of, but by fans. But hey, dude, you're playing... uh, very selfish basketball, and you ain't the guy. That seven-foot-four dude is the guy. You ain't the guy. You're a part of this team. You can be a big part of this team, but you ain't the guy. He is. So indulge that and start playing basketball, and it appears that he has because Devin Vassell's been playing good basketball, sharing the basketball, and he and Wimby seem to be finding a chemistry between the two. And I, and I think that that is fantastic, and I hope that that continues. But again, again, why now? How do, how do you read that? I'm going to read it this way. Keldon Johnson may not be long for this basketball team. As a matter of fact, there are maybe a lot of guys that aren't long for this basketball team. Not named Wimby. Devin Vassell's probably safe. I would assume that. I think Pop loves that guy. And and what's not to love, quite frankly? I mean, the guy's a hell of a ball player. He can be a special ball player. But I think that message was, look, we're, we're done. This is not going to happen next year. And as I say that, 
I am hoping that I'm right. I am praying that I'm right. Because I don't know about y'all, I'm sick and tired of losing. Last year, it was the plan. This year, it wasn't the plan. But man, I hope this team looks different. I hope it looks different. I hope there's some veteran players on this team. I hope that the the design is next year, when we go to training camp, that Pop's just not talking about this year's about winning. That Pop's actually putting his money where his mouth is. And that we see wins. And again, I can be patient. If we get a 30-win team, 35-win team, fine. That's improvement. And we're moving in the right direction. And Wimby's getting better. Look, I'm not expecting championships anytime soon. But I am expecting growth. And I am expecting that this front office do something with the mass amounts of stuff that they have to spend. Money and draft capital. They're going to have a big-time high draft pick again this year. They're going to be in the lottery. Who knows? They may win it again. They're going to have good odds to win it again. But either way, they're going to have a very high pick. Who's in the draft that you like? Is there a guy there that the Spurs like that they would draft? Or if you can find something, a Trey Young comes to mind, and you deal that. It's going to be interesting. But I want them to do something. And last night, the benching of Keldon Johnson gives me a little bit of hope that Pop's done, that he's tired of the losing. He's tired of the same mistakes being made over and over and over and over again. That is the first sign. That's what I've been looking for for a long time. I say a long time, for since the season began. That Greg Popovich, that guy that's sick of the losing, sick of the mistakes, and it's finally getting to him, I hope. How else do you explain the benching of Keldon Johnson last night? If you continue to make mistakes, the only way to not make those mistakes is to have some consequences. And up until this point, I haven't seen any consequences. Last night, we saw consequences for the first time this year. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm happy as a lark about it. I'm telling you I'm happy about it. Pop, give us some nasty. I want to see some nasty, Pop. I want some nasty. Spurs go into Minnesota tomorrow night to end the rodeo road trip, and that's going to be a very difficult ball game for them. It's going to be. Minnesota wants them. The last time they played Minnesota, well, the Spurs won in a nail-biter. So you got to believe that Minnesota wants it, plus they're, they're playing well. So... um going to be interesting. Rodeo road trip's over. The end of the season is in sight. That's a good thing, and uh, we'll take it from there. But I'm encouraged by what happened last night with the benching of Keldon Johnson. Nothing against Keldon Johnson, but if you're going to make mistakes over and over again, you got to pay the price if you're a professional athlete. And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but that's too bad. You're getting paid a lot of money. A lot of money. Hey, we got a little bit of an early release day today because we got some college basketball coming up uh, here at 545, but we got a little more to do right here on the Blitz on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. 
Tonight at 545, it's college basketball. Miami and North Carolina on your home for March Madness. 94-1, San Antonio Sports Star. Ah, uh, this is San Antonio Sports Star 94-1. This is The Blitz. I'm Joe Reinagle. Jason Minix with the day off. Uh, he'll be out again tomorrow and then back on Wednesday ready to roll. Congratulations to his wife, Joanna. She ran in the Las Vegas Marathon last night. I guess it was a half marathon. Uh, but she beat her goal by four minutes, which is pretty incredible uh, when you look at it that way. My goodness. I, I don't know what a half marathon is. What, 13 and a half miles, I think, or 13 miles? Something like that. Uh, I can't imagine or even think about running 13 miles, so I won't even imagine it. But I guess if you're going to run 13 miles, to be able to do it through the Las Vegas Strip at night with all the lights going on uh, and all of that kind of stuff, I guess is pretty cool. So props to Joanna for uh, for getting that done and beating her goal and, and, and doing great. So they're taking a little family vacation. I know they were planning to just get a little R&R today, as much R&R as you can get in Las Vegas um, cause the anxiety there, you know, I think Minix was a, a stand-up dude. He was telling me the other day though, that he's going to surprise his wife with a massage this morning. Not that he's going to give the massage, but he actually paid for it. That cheap dude. I only plopped down some money and uh, get his wife a nice massage. So that's good. Um, seems to be doing well at the machines too. I will say that. I don't think that's uh, <laughs> anything that I'm, that I, I can't say. So Good for Minix and good for the Minix family, but he'll be back in the saddle on Wednesday. Until then, James Pledger and I will drive this big boat uh, that we call San Antonio Sports Star. And uh, had a great time this morning with RJ Ochoa. You know, I had never done a show with RJ. And, um, you know, I know RJ, and we've debated in the past, and we've done some things, you know, and we've talked sports quite a bit just on different trips and stuff, but I never had the opportunity to do a show with him. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. We had some good uh, good conversations and um, good debates this morning on, on all things, Spurs, Cowboys, uh, all of it. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so um, be sure and tune in to uh, the morning huddle tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. And uh, you can listen to those guys. Always a bunch of good nuggets that uh, – that they bring. So start your day with the morning huddle, will you? Right here on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Man, we do get out early today, 545. You heard big voice by big voice guy talking about college basketball uh coming up at 545. So we're gonna drive you right up to that time. And there's been a lot to talk about today. We've talked uh, boy, a variety of subjects. Um rodeos and drunk people and waterburgers and miss fries and Directions on cereal boxes and uh, and and the Spurs and Greg Popovich. I was about to say, yeah, we talked sports too. Oh, we did do that. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> uh, interesting stuff. We have talked a lot of Spurs today, and and rightly so because um, I'm so encouraged, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, by what happened last night with Keldon Johnson. But I'm encouraged as well because Greg Popovich was on the Mike Krzyzewski uh, podcast. And uh, it, it's very rare that he will sit down for a one-on-one interview like that, uh, first and foremost. But it's even more rare that he will open up and say things that he doesn't normally say. And I found it refreshing. 
And it gave me a little bit of something to go by as we move on as to what they were thinking about Victor Wembanyama, whether you agree with it or not. And I'm not saying I completely agree with it, but when Pop talks about how he thought was the best way to handle his big, young rookie, well, he said the best process was no process. We came to the conclusion that the process in the beginning would be no process, mm-hmm. that we just watch him play and try to figure out what's his abilities and what's his natural positions on the floor where he feels most comfortable and, you know, where does he need improvement? Yeah, and I think Pop has found that out. And look, Victor, um, when he came in, I think it was a little bit unfair to Victor because he had played so well that, uh, you know, he played so well that everybody thought he was going to come in and set the NBA on fire. And obviously, you're not going to do that. I don't care how good you are. It's going to take some getting used to. Well, I would venture to say that Victor has gotten used to it. He belongs. He showed that he belongs. And he's playing uh, as well as anybody in the NBA. In fact, um, going to win Rookie of the Year. I don't think there's any question about that. I think he's got that wrapped up. Uh, but Pledge and I were talking, and we're going to talk a lot more about this tomorrow. Is there a case to be made for Wimby to be Defensive Player of the Year as well? Now, look, that would be out of the norm for the NBA. Right, because typically it's going to be a veteran player, rookies who don't make first team All Star uh, or the All Star game on Sunday. He didn't make that; probably should have. If he wasn't a rookie, he will, and he most likely will do that next year. But it's it's just out of the norm for the NBA to do that. But we're going to take a look. We'll do a little research and figure out if there is a case to be made for Wimby winning Defensive Player of the Year. The guy leads the league in blocks. He's 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 up there in steals, and uh, so we're going to make that case. And it'll be an interesting discussion coming up tomorrow. And of course, the uh, the combine continues tomorrow. Uh, we don't know when the Jones family will speak, but uh, we're expecting them at some point in time this week. I need you to take off when you have this conversation tomorrow. <laughs> your your old man glasses. Old man glasses. Yeah. What are you I, talking about? I don't like the, well, it's always been this way, so it should forever be thought of this way. Like, throw all that to the to the side. And if, let's have a real debate on merits, not whether he's a rookie and they've never done this before. Like, lay it out there, because I agree, the NBA is a certain way about things. But it doesn't mean it shouldn't be that way just because it hasn't been that way. Well, we're going to look at the numbers, and we will have a, a real debate. And if if he is deserving of it, I'll say he's deserving of it. Uh, but if he's not, I'll say that too. And I mean, I think, and and I think in that respect, you need to take off the Wimby glasses and have a serious debate about it. Oh well, okay, all right, and we'll we'll do that tomorrow. Both Pledge and I are going to do a little research and get the numbers for you. So we will throw out the numbers and and throw out what we think, and and if he deserves it or not. Rookie of the year is a is a is a given. There is no way. And if by some act of of God that he doesn't get it, I think Spurs fans and most people in the NBA will go nuts. Remember when we were actually having a debate that the win total might cost him rookie of the year? No, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. <laughs> Remember when Chet was the favorite because that team was winning? Yes. Yes, I do remember all of those conversations. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. 
I, I, it, I there's no way this kid doesn't get rookie of the year. I, I just think it's it's already wrapped up. They've got his name engraved on the trophy. It's a done deal. I don't think there's any question about it. And it would be a, a an injustice if he didn't win that thing. So uh, we'll, we'll discuss other things, even though it's going to be difficult for him to win other things. But we'll we'll put the numbers out there and we'll have a conversation about it and we'll we'll check that out. It's been a fun day, man. It has been a fun day. Started early this morning with RJ Ochoa, uh, with Pledge here today, and with all of you. And I and we just appreciate you guys listening. But the stuff that you learn on this show—that's why you have to tune in every day, every single day. You have to tune in because you just don't know where we're going, what rabbit trail we're going to run down. Uh, and what information you're going to learn on the Blitz on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. So it's just incredible. Um, the stuff that I learned today and didn't even know I was going to learn today. Are and you about I did. to run to HEB to start reading cereal boxes? Dude, I, I, I think I might. And if I don't do it tonight, it, it, you know, it might be something tomorrow before I come into work. I don't know. Um, but I just think, man, craziness. That there's directions on cereal I mean, boxes. I don't think I'll ever get over that place. There's going to be a viral video of Joe just in the store with his glasses on, reading the sides of cereal boxes, looking I, for directions. I don't need glasses, Pledge. Thanks to Parker's oh, new right, vision. right, right, right. <laughs> don't need glasses, my friend. I certainly don't. So I'm going to get that done, and uh, we're going to be back here tomorrow. College basketball on the way here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Who we got on tap? North Carolina, Miami. That'll be a good one right here. So keep it tuned to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Little college hoops coming your way. It's that time of year where you better start studying. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.